Hello and welcome to the 250. You ain't never had a friend like us. Your weekly podcast, look at the IMDb's top 250 movies of all time. I'm your host, Darren Mooney, and joining me as always is my co-host, Andrew Quinn. Happy New Year. Praise Allah. <laughs> and we've got a special guest here joining us, as usual, anim- our animation and Disney oh, expert, God. Mr. Graham Day. How are you, Graham? Uh, uh, phenomenal cosmic powers, itty bitty tight living space. <laughs> uh, but yes, so we are discussing a brand spanking new entry. Well, not really that new at this time of the year, but a new entry on the 250, 1992 Disney Studios Aladdin. Yeah, it, it popped in around kind of August or September. We decided to wait until now <laughs> to cover it. Well, we figured it was basically yeah. kind of a new a New Year sort of movie. We were in the middle of our summer of '99. Remember when that was happening it all was those ages ago? Back when it came out, I was like, "No, it's not right." And then just this morning, I was like, "Darren, we, we gotta sh- do this thing. We gotta, it's New Year's. Let's do let's let's do Aladdin." Yeah, um, it, it's a whole new world, baby. Well, no, we were in the middle of our summer of '99. We hadn't yet hit the winter of 1939. You know, we were sort of like it wasn't in the right time or place. Andrew's <laughs> looking at me and wondering if those are things that actually happened. Um, but yes, do we have some surprises, or did we have some surprises in store for you, Andrew? Um, but yeah, no. So we decided that it would be an interesting kind of discussion. And we decided we wanted to do it around New Year's because last year we had Andy on. We talked about uh, Beauty and the Beast around this time as well. It seemed to be a good discussion. You know, a good time to watch a Disney film around right Christmas, around right so New Year's. we decided we'd have Andy back. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, the budget Yay. wouldn't quite stretch to flying him over for this one podcast. Uh, but no, we decided what we do is we talk about Aladdin. And I wanted to talk about Aladdin for a number of reasons. Um, one related to Graham and one related to Andrew. Uh, we'll start with Andrew first because... I think when we were talking about The Lion King, because you were, you were kind of like more mature than the rest of us. You would enter it, you were wearing a beret, smoking a cigarette, reading yeah, French philosophers. watching Laurence Olivier's Hamlet. Yeah, by the time the rest of us were watching The Lion King. Mm. But I think you mentioned that like Aladdin was possibly your was last. A real rush as like an eight-year-old to become like insufferably <laughs> pretentious um, and to leave all childish things aside. Except for the fear of being seen as childish. Um, but out of curiosity, this was, you did mention that Aladdin was your last film. You sort of, you missed Beauty, you missed sort of The Lion King. Because Aladdin, I think you mentioned, was maybe the last Disney film you saw in a cinema. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I had no kind of excitement around um, The Lion King, really, yeah. when it came out. And um, yeah, Aladdin was the one. And not only kind of seeing it in the cinema, but... Um, being interested in the Happy Meals. Um, I think I said that there, there was a great Jafar one. Like the listeners can't see it, but you'd press a button on his his kind of feet or next next to his shoes and his his, his, his arms would just go up mm. like that. <laughs> which Proper I don't, yeah. With his cloth like cape, I believe. Yeah, he yeah, had a cloth nice. cape. Yeah. And then you had like the, what was it, the carpet that was just like on wheels. Oh yeah, and you pull it back yeah, and it sort of would wind if I remember yeah, correctly. Nice. Um, but yeah, so you were like, so you hadn't yet reached that kind of jaded adult. Like, just keep getting Happy Meals until I get the Jasmine <laughs> one. I don't think I had gotten to that point yet. <laughs> yeah, we may talk about Jasmine a little later on. But no, um, <laughs> what? so like, is it safe to say that this was your last like Disney film as a child to a certain yeah, extent? Yeah, Little Mermaid was the, um, 
the big one. That was 1989 that was released. That was three films before this one. Yeah. Um, I was looking forward to the big mermaid. Like the sequel. The sequel. (laughs) (laughs) The slightly bigger mermaid. The gigantic mermaid. Yeah. Um, Leviathan. (laughs) Colon. Leviathan. The Kraken. Yeah. Yeah. But that's when they stopped doing numerical sequels. It's just like, we're just going (laughs) to run with this. Um, It is worth noting that Aladdin was a massive success when it was released. It was the number one film of 1992 earning $217 million domestically, $504 million internationally, which, by the way, it's interesting to remember a world when half a billion dollars was the biggest film of the year. Uh, But also in terms of it won an Oscar for Alan Menken and for Tim Rice for A Whole New World as well. And Menken won uh, his second Academy Award for his score. This was a hugely successful, Mm. hugely influential kind of film. And uh, Graham. Yes. Why? Why? Why would I, I just why, like doing why that? Why is it sort of Pavlovian yes. response? It's like, like calling on you, Graham. Do you remember? Huh. What? <laughs> Hurts. <laughs> uh, listeners can't see, but we've wired Graham up. He uh, winces. Yeah, if, he, if he doesn't give the right answer, I'm going to zap him. Mm. Um, but out of curiosity, do you remember uh, the first time you saw Aladdin? Because you would been. <laughs> I would have been four. Yeah, because again, I'm slightly younger than Andrew, so I missed this in the cinema. Again, I think I missed. Oh, I think I missed this in the cinema. I, again, I was four. I don't remember seeing this in the cinema. I remember seeing it on video, and I remember adoring it. Absolutely adoring it. But I mean, who didn't adore like? Disney back then, like I think they was big into Disney on Ice. I think yeah. Also, this was great in Disney on Ice. I remember them doing this in Disney on Ice. Um, Well, Holy World seems like it would be the perfect thing because you get a nice showcase of sort of like you could have themed sort of mm -hmm. stuff happening during the song. And they did um, the whole climax on Ice was very good. You know, obviously giant snake stuff like that. I remember as well them doing um, what you call it. No, the the. uh, he's why can't I think of this person's name? You have to believe in him. Robin, Santa Claus? Robin Williams? No, the, you you don't have to believe in Robin Williams. <laughs> they have documented um, evidence that no, Robin Williams if, exists. If you wish um Upon a star? Uh, enough he will What is the name? Santa what are you doing? Peter Pan. Oh okay. Oh, oh, yeah. That's a fairy that's not fairy. If yeah. you don't if you don't believe in fairies they die. You don't need to believe in Peter Pan. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I remember the Peter Pan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Do you? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I imagine that must have been around the time of Hook. They decided oh, yeah. let let's bring in a, a Peter, a Peter Pan, Pan for sort uh, of like cross pollination sort uh, of thing yeah. going on as well. Yeah. People did not like that film because it's worth noting that again, Hook would have been around the time that this went into production. Apparently. Uh, Robin Williams was doing both Toys and Hook during the production of this and would actually do full working days on Hook and on Toys and would come on and do like four hours of voiceover for this. I stand both those movies. Oh yeah. I I like Hook. I like Hook. Well yeah, well I mean there's a, we'll we'll be talking about Robin Williams a bit later on I suspect because there's a whole big sort of like nestle of issues. Yeah, around that and tied into things like Toys for example and Toyed in Toyed into things Toyed. tied into things like Hook, for example, which was releasing around the same time. Um, but yeah, so and then the reason I wanted to ask Graham yes. on right is because we when we did the Lion King, we talked a lot about the Disney remakes that were happening, and we talked about how well, that's all we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> no, for it's two not. and a half hours. No, it's not. <laughs> um, but we did talk about like our you know perhaps 
you know, your concerns... We've actually seen The Lion King now, when we had recorded that. Yes, yes. So that's kind of what I was yeah. getting at here. But also even the fact that we talked about how... You know, I think you were perhaps more nervous than myself and Andrew when it came Pretty to the so. remakes. And you were sort of like anxious about them and kind of worried about their yeah. replacing, say, the animated canon. And wondering why the animated Aladdin or the animated Lion King wasn't good enough for kids these days. What's interesting, though, is that, like, I think... You know, we nobody knows why movies come into or go out of the top two fifty. Well, it's because it's because I think they know that uh, Disney are going to come and take their copy of, of Aladdin, Aladdin away or the from Lion them. King. Yeah, yeah. Which apparently they what the they're now. what they're going to do door to door. Now, it's going to be like Star yeah. Wars. It's like uh, you know, yeah, the stormtroopers like knocking t- on the door. They're, they're destroying my childhood. Um, but no, I th- I think it is interesting to put mm. that in context because like while we don't know why movies make the list. Aladdin came onto the list for the first time after the release of the animated remake, which would suggest to me, perhaps, and I'm, yeah. I'm putting it to you, that maybe the animated remake, maybe the live action remake, yeah. did a job of like bringing the film to the attention of people and getting them to watch it or go back, or even just getting them to think yeah. about it and read it. It, it is funny that you say that because after I saw the live action remake, I went back and watched the original. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, so this is how you do it, right? And I actually went onto YouTube, saw clips of Robin Williams performing um, scenes. And it's interesting because I think there's a... I think Disney did this and I don't know why. They started putting up clips of behind the scenes of Aladdin. That started popping up on my feed. And I started watching it and I was just like, this is amazing. I never saw this when I was a child. You know, all the behind the scenes of Robin Williams um, recording his scenes. In the voice box. Like um, the opening scene um, with the uh, merchant Yes. It was all improvised. Oh, yeah. It was an entire improvised scene. It wasn't technically supposed to be in the film, but it, but he did a... It was technically his audition slash... Um, just they, kind gave of a a they gave him a box of props. gave him a box of props, and he just performed that scene. And it's just fascinating to see that. And, I, I mean, yeah, it's great that this seems to have propped up the Aladdin into the 250, the original uh, animated Aladdin into the 250. But it's just... I mean, you just look at the money these films are making. It's just... Well, I mean, yeah, the, the the remake has made twice as much as yeah, this. Yeah, Lion, was... Lion King is at one point five billion, yeah. and it is a far inferior film. Well, and I mean, I can say that everybody's taste. Everybody's taste, though. Everybody has different yeah, but tastes. Everyone's not I, here. I, <laughs> I sense kind of a sadness about move, these movies making money. No, no, Why? I, I mean, no, it's not. It's not the it's not the money making. It's the lack of originality. Now I now I don't know about you guys, but have you seen the new Aladdin? I have. Yeah, so I thought it was okay. L- lack of originality. Yeah. To what extent do you wish to kind of <laughs> take that criticism um, and ap- and apply it to other? <laughs> um, oh, uh, oh, oh. I would say. Oh, I would say it's the fact that they literally. I see where you're beat, going, oh boy, I'm really scared now. Am I being ready to be punked or something? No, no. Do you, you remember? Do you remember? I th- I think I see where Andrew's going, and I'm going to cut him off here. Do you remember? <laughs> When you asked us as a favor to do a different movie, to do like a movie that wasn't on the 250. Oh, come on, man. Do you remember what that movie was? Yes. Would you describe that movie as original? By the way, for listeners, that movie was Batman versus Superman. That's original. Uh, well, no, my, my point <laughs> is a, that... Name the, a comic rating these... that's beat for beat that... These are kind of these are iterations you just of it existing properties. I mean, the Aladdin and Lion King are especially um, uh, derivative because they're 
changed. Shot for shot. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. changed yeah. to the original make, yeah. to the original films. Yeah, and they're by the same kind of the, the people who mm-hmm. brought you the. Um, sure, Alan Menken returned for the Aladdin for the live action. Like no, I guess like Warner Brothers are making all of these things again, but they're making them very different. Yeah. They're making mm-hmm. them like they they make good ones and they make bad ones. <laughs> to say it's like let, let let's um, let's not. Let's not be too slavish. Let's not make something like that that people will enjoy. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. <laughs> and actually, to, to be fair, to, to give a bit of credit where it's due, that's, no, that, that, no, I, they I do give a lot of freedom, though. They're, yeah, that's it, exactly. Like, yeah. I think that Warners, when they are reimagining these properties, do tend to be like, go out and do your thing. And again, like you joke about the Zack Snyder movies, but say the Christopher Nolan movies, that's a result of telling a director, go out and do your own thing. Don't do the Tim Burton thing. Mm. But I mean, even in terms of, cause that, that's, that's something that does. And again, I'm not, I'm not as panicky about these remakes as Graham. Is. It's uh, not panicky. Okay. It's annoyed. I'm not as annoyed or frustrated <laughs> or angry about these remakes as, yeah. as Graham is. I think everybody has their own movies. I think that, you know, this version of The Lion King or this version of Aladdin will be some kid's favorite version of it. And that's great. I think there's like... I feel sad for the I, kid. Okay, I don't. I think the kid is getting a movie that they enjoy and will inform them and will sort of that they'll love until the day they die. And I think that's great. I talked to, to Graham about like one of... One of the so sp- angry. He's <laughs> angry. He's kind of sad at I, hearing no, that. No, I actually mentioned... No, I did. Because I, me- I remember mentioning this particular story I'm about to tell to you, Graham, which is I was in uh, Dundrum for, oh, a, yeah, Saturday, this, for yeah, a Sunday nice. morning screening. Mm. I think it was for Horrible Histories, uh, which great is quite film. good. We really enjoyed... Both yeah, of us really fun. enjoyed that. But I was standing at the queue at the kiosk and behind me was a father and a daughter and the little girl had her little stuffed Simba toy. And she was, he was like, and then he went to the counter and he's like, what are we going to see, honey? Lion King! And she was so excited. There was such Which joy in of the stuffed her... Simba was that? Well, they don't kill real lions and stuff them, Graham. The, the, no, the... that's not what I mean. You know WWF what I mean. WWF tend to frown does he on look that. Like the, does he look like the animated one or does he look like the CGI one? I don't know. He looks like a stuffed lion. Does he have soul in his eyes or is he just a, like a... Like he, had, a... he had beady eyes. Oh, okay, so the CGI. Okay, one. but anyway, my point is that this. Like Darren didn't like the. No, the I, Lion I really King did remake. not like the. Lion you King felt like there, there. Um, I heard you on 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 national radio. I know and, it happens. Uh, okay. On on, uh, on Darren's news stuff. places. I was like, wait a second, what's Darren doing on the radio? Not enough of this who guy. Gave him a, who gave him a mic? <laughs> Andrew immediately fired his yeah, own agent. Yeah, I was like. Um, why can't, why can't, uh, yeah. Why are they ruining radio these days? What's wrong with the radio that I'm loose to listening to? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah but, no, like, but, I, I really, yeah, I don't like Where there was very little, there, there was no life in. Uh, no soul. And I mean, we'll talk about it when we talk about the, the Aladdin in, an, in animated form in particular. But like, I'm not a big fan of these, of these live action remakes. I don't think they're good movies, but I don't begrudge the there are fact exceptions that... though. Like, like, like oh, what Pete's did you Dragon. think about? Yeah, but um, Pete's Dragon is interesting because it doesn't adhere to the original, uh, because that'd be weird. Because uh, there are some things that have not aged well in the original, and also, it's it it showed to Disney that we shouldn't uh, veer away from the originals because that doesn't seem to work. Because yeah, it made it's, no it money. Is almost, it made nothing compared to the all the ones that, it, that like stuck slavishly to the original Yeah, Beauty uh, and the Beast made over a billion, Lion yeah. King made over a billion. Now, what's interesting is Cinderella did did both critically and commercially well, and it's, it's almost a hybrid. But it didn't hybrid. break over a billion. No. So. But it is, in my opinion, the best live-action remake they have made. I don't count... 
Pete's Dragon because Pete's Dragon is a is a, is, a, is in a sense a very weird beast of a film. I really enjoyed it. I you there's a there's an argument to say if you name that a different film, it's not Pete's Dragon. So that that's the thing for me with Cinderella. You know it's Cinderella, but they've changed enough and they've helped expand things like the the uh, prince scenes, Richard Madden scenes with his father. That's that was never explored in the original, and it's wonderful. But anyway, my point. Sorry, go on. I suppose the thing about Aladdin is that you have. I haven't seen the remake of Aladdin, but the thing about Aladdin is it feels kind of almost um, improvisational in in ways, and that's part of its magic. Like having Robin Williams in there, and and if you're not, it's notable that having Robin Williams in there added an additional 10 minutes on top of the estimated 80 minute runtime and end up costing Disney something in the region of about $10 million in terms of production. They made right. it up in toys. Because <laughs> I, I know they made it up, but like that's to give an idea of how improvisational it was. And if, if, if you're going to have uh, uh, Will Smith play your genie, he needs to do a rap at the, at the end <laughs> to the credits. And, he he and actually as, does it in the as, middle. Does he? He doesn't, he doesn't do a rap at the end. He does a, his version of You've Never oh, Had a well. Friend Like Me has a rap section in it. Then but, I'm, but it's then I'm behind this remake. <laughs> <laughs> With Jazzy this, J doing wow. drums. <laughs> this is, Andrew still hasn't gotten over the fact that like Miami peaked at number 17 in the charts because it didn't have a tie-in film. Wow, that's, a long, that's a long grudge <laughs> yeah. to hold. Where gonna the heat is all, on. Gonna party all day to the beat of dawn. But anyway, um, but yeah, Welcome so I... I to a grabber. <laughs> A Benito Apiagra. Anyway, but my point is that what well, the point I was trying to make there is that I think that like this is an illustration. Neither of us know that song very well. Do we? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Uh, Even that is in that song. But my point, my the point I was trying to make is that I think that like this is an illustration of maybe those remakes not being a bad thing, Graham, because it draws attention to these films and gets people voting for them, gets people talking about them, gets people watching them again. And, Until and, I see a slew of good ones. I will not agree. Okay, all right. But anyway, so let's let's talk a little bit. Of- they're they're really going uphill though, because you hate the movies before they come out. <laughs> the- That's because I see a trailer, <laughs> and I yeah. see a trailer that I saw from a film that was two decades the Lion- old. Lion and King the- uh, trailer was quite good. I did not think so. No? I thought no. There's no heart. There's no. There was no soul. Uh, everyone was giving half-assed there performances. Is a, there is a bias here. <laughs> there is not a bias. I've seen the film. Said, I've seen the film. You said said it's not a bias. If I said all this going in before, there's no yeah. bias. Yeah. Almost before as if I knew what was coming. I'm just saying. I did, there was nothing good about it. There's nothing. I, say, Darren, say one good thing about the acting in that film. I think, and, and if I had to construct a defense of the Lion King remake, what I would say is that it's a fascinating experimental film. It's very much in the style of Gus Van Sant's uh, 1999 That's not a good Psycho. thing! That's uh, not a which, good thing! <laughs> I mean, who am I to arbitrate what's good, Graham? Um, but no, I mean... You're a person with feelings! <laughs> am I, Graham? Am I really? Uh, but let's talk a little bit about Aladdin. Uh, All right, yeah. The best, thing, <laughs> the best thing about the remake... Uh, th- these remakes is how angry it makes you. <laughs> yeah. It makes me so I'm angry. angry. I'm and it's never going to end. Okay, I'm extremely it. angry. I will say this. Listeners, on a weird turn. Listeners, Graham is the nicest man in Irish film criticism, to be absolutely clear. Like, this oh, is, God. This, is why, this, is why, uh, this isn't why I invited him on, but this is a perk of inviting him on to talk about it. I will this. say this, though. Graham's been on enough <laughs> Disney days, and now he's trying to kind of burn the I bridge. will say this. I'm looking forward to Milan. I'm looking forward to Milan. I, I think they have changed enough. They've made an interesting story from what the trailer scene looks like. 
that I'm intrigued. And they might have that they've 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 introduced these spicy chicken McNuggets, and I'd like to oh, see how, sauce. how they go with the Szechuan sauce. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a whole separate debate. We're not going to talk about Szechuan sauce. But yeah, let's talk a little bit about Aladdin. And so you, I would have had a sort of a similar experience. I would have been too young to see it in mm. cinema. I remember seeing it afterwards, probably yep. after seeing Beauty and the Beast and mm. The Lion King. And I guess this is a nice segue into talking about the three questions that we always ask, which is like, I remember not being particularly impressed by Aladdin. I mean, and in hindsight, I'm like, damn, stupid kid, Mooney, where it's like, I was so spoilt because it's like it's positioned right between Beauty and the Beast and The Lion King. And if you were to put a gun to my head and ask me the name, the two best Disney films ever made, it would be Beauty and the Beast and The Lion King. And as a result, I wonder if as a kid, Aladdin was just the film that sort of sandwiched between those two. Because, I mean, I don't remember having any strong feeling to it or attraction to it. I remember liking A Friend Like Me, which I loved on this rewatch. I remember thinking, um, you know, Whole New World is, you know, it's no tale as old as time, to pick an example. It's no circle of life or can you feel the love tonight, but it's it's a good, solid, crowd-pleasing number. And it's kind of interesting because how does it feel for, for you guys? I mean, how does this fall in, in the Disney canon? Do you think it's better, like the 250 Disney movies we've covered, Beauty and the Beast and the Lion King, how does it compare to those? Well, I think I said that I was kind of underwhelmed by uh, the the Lion King. that And, and that it wasn't my Disney, Disney, film. Disney movie. You were too old. But I think kind of like watching the two of them now kind of, being um being 33 for both viewings um i'm still 33 right <laughs> yeah uh the, the you were too old to watch disney films at six uh, i yeah i love that graham's first thing was to punch the mats on that <laughs> no i was trying to figure it out it's just like well, i knew he's not that much older than me so it's just like 90, six? no 1994 i would have been eight 92 this no 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 lion king yeah, was 94 yeah but no, still, no, six I did. No, I wasn't too, 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 too young. I, I, I wasn't too old to to enjoy Aladdin. I right. did enjoy Aladdin. Yeah, his it, point is he was it, too old for Lion King. Uh, eight. Or I felt. I <laughs> Let's wa- just remember I eight. Certainly, double digits. I, I wasn't too old, but I, but I had already decided that I was. <laughs> I had an older brother. I think I we we used to make fun of uh, Bosco. And I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. You hate Bosco? No, we loved Bosco, but we used to kind of watch it ironically because it was a silly thing that only Did you know what that word meant? At eight? Um, No, but we understood the concept. (laughs) 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 The word came later. (laughs) We were struggling for a word for it. But um, I... One thing I would say is... I think I enjoyed it more than Lion King, and I think the reason is that it's a lot more fun mm. than um, than the Lion King. Lion King takes itself very seriously at points. Yeah, um, at points and throughout. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean the Lion King is Hamlet slash Jeffrey Kratzenberg's own personal psychodrama. It's and, like Hamlet, and Kimba the White Lion. It's like Hamlet, but you have his father being killed, and <laughs> which you don't get in Hamlet. <laughs> so, Hamlet yeah. has the sense to start after that's all happened. <laughs> 
Um, but Graham, what about yourself? How would you like rank that compared to say, I know you didn't discuss Beauty and the Beast with us, but like uh, in terms of like those early Disney Renaissance films, it, how does Aladdin fall for you? It's it's hard. Um, with the early Disney films, you know, you got Little Mermaid, you got Aladdin, you've got all of these films. I don't know if I could rank them. I honestly don't know. Um, but I love Aladdin. Um, yeah, I, the songs are okay. Uh, I, I I agree with you. I like uh, Prince Ali's. Prince brilliant. It's Robin Williams' like full show, like just like hamming it up, going all over the place. Um, friend like me again, great number. Really gets you. Really gets you in the mood. Um, I suppose the reason why it's it would be so high on my list is because of two elements. One is Jafar. I think he's one of the best Disney villains. I think he's. I think he's. Oh, he's. You he's, and I are going to have a conversation. <laughs> I think he's. He's kind of like a human version of Scar. Like he. Like he even. If you there's certain ways if you look at him, he kind of looks like if Scar was human. He has that kind of the we the spoke angular. about well, it's the, the same, kind of it's pointedness. Same, again, yeah, like I talked about this in Linking. It's the same animator. It's Andre yeah. J. Adesha, yeah, it's the same yeah. animator yeah. who again states that angles sharp sharpness it's almost as if there's nothing soft to kind of yeah. like adhere yourself to um that's what he went for with his villains and the other thing is genie i mean he's like he's of all of those films of lion king of uh beauty and the beast and um even i'll stick in little mermaid because there's even a little mermaid joke in this film um, oh yeah! Oh yeah! There's Sebastian a lot. Me- there's a lot of um, yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of the, yeah. kind of, like yeah. when when what's his name when the sultan is building up his little pyramid of of animals, you can see a toy of the beast. Yeah. Um, I well, would I say mean, the genie is the genie is the highlight. He's one of of all those films. Genie stands out as an amazing character. Um, it's not always that he adds something to the film, but the character is so incredibly memorable. How he's drawn, how he's how his powers are illustrated, uh, just how he seems to see the world. It's like, it's fascinating. And what I love is in the era we live in now, the theories people have of why he is the way he is. Like, you know, he's making jokes that make no sense to the rest of the people. You know, he's, he's, he's riffing on Jack Nicholson. He's, he's doing, um, Robert De Niro, Robert impression, De Niro for example, uh, Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, he's uh, making jokes that we get now. But they would have oh, no are idea. We, are we are we going with the actually Aladdin is set in a post-apocalyptic wasteland? No, no. Um, That's Genie, a fan theory. Genie lives um, uh, because of the lamp. Genie lives in a um, in a realm of he sees all of time okay. all at once. So that's oh, why he's making those jokes yeah. because he particularly uh... picks that point and makes those jokes. I I, I prefer to go with the funny. Like about the... I prefer to go with the funny one <laughs> rather than the post-apocalyptic one that you've got. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then, nobody ever thinks too hard about Disney movies. I, I just I, I liked I liked that idea. I only found that out like a couple okay. of years ago. Yeah. Beforehand, I just found just his riffing in that really funny. Well, that's that's the thing, and this is kind of interesting because like, so production history very very briefly of Aladdin. Uh, after Little Mermaid, um, Disney had a number of projects that they wanted to develop. One of them was Swan Lake, which never actually materialized. The other one was King of the Jungle, which became The Lion King. Oh. And the third one was the Aladdin one. And Aladdin actually developed along a number of different lines. I think it was Alan Menken um, and Howard Ashman had actually pitched uh, the story originally. They wanted to do a version riffing on the 1930s Thief of Baghdad the silent film, the black and white film. Hmm. And they wanted to do something that was very classical and very sort of informed by that and very playful. Well, how close is this to kind of Arabian Nights? And Not the, that close. No? No. no. Well, I mean, there should be another genie. 
one of the things though about it is that um as it developed they steered it away from that kind of classic 1930s influences and actually pushed it towards a more modern storytelling style and again this is well it's it's very postmodern that's it's kind exactly of fort wall breaking and yeah. Yeah. Like again, from the beginning yeah from the outset it's like oh whoa, 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 hey come back come back uh, yeah, or yeah, close, yeah. Push, up, push close up push in and then the camera squeezes against you get the reason why that is that that the the other theory that i think has been confirmed that's the genie Oh yeah, that, that, that the merchant is genie. Like the, he's wearing blue with a red sash. Graham, that's we're not in the spoiler zone yet. Oh god, sorry. Um, Does that count? No, I don't know. It's a fan. I suppose theory. it's in the first fifteen minutes. Yeah, um, but no, okay. <laughs> the first five. It was actually explained. The original cut of the film did explain uh, what that was—that he was the genie, and the genie had gone on to live a sure, life. Sure, it was but, Robin Williams' voice. It was Robin Williams' voice. But the whole thing is that they found that at the end of the film, that the point at which the movie ends now was the point at which people started to get up to leave the cinema. So it was like, okay, cut it there. We're not going to explain that. And in fact, the live action version does go and expand that a little bit. But that's a whole different kettle of fish. It's a but, whole new world. But it is a whole new world. Ah, Thank I you make a joke. <laughs> uh, but the thing is that's interesting is that this was kind of controversial in Disney's uh, itself, in the animation studio. Um, Andreas Deja, the, the gentleman that we mentioned who animated both Scar and Jafar, recalls at one stage a production assistant bounding into the room, throwing the door open and being very, very visibly distressed at what was going on, grabbing him and saying, they're, they've got the genie and they're, they're making like Jack Nicholson jokes and being terrified at this. And apparently the animators themselves being kind of horrified or aghast at this because they had grown up with this idea that Walt Disney had instilled in them of being very serious and taking it very earnestly and treating it as something that was very respectful and very kind of venerated to a certain extent. And so the advent and the introduction of the genie uh, was something that really kind of shook things up and kind of really kind of challenged what you could do with a Disney film in terms of like storytelling. Yeah. This kind of fourth wall breaking postmodern style that you mentioned. Because you know that's like... Something that they revel in kind of now. Well, it is something that like modern animation revels in, and in fact, this is one of the points it's of actually because he lives in an atemporal world um, <laughs> that, has, that like the it inside the um, inside the lamp is always the lamp is, is everything. It's everything yeah. everywhere. Uh, anytime you want to go, yeah. That's well, why he point. hates being there because <laughs> yeah. it's so limiting. <laughs> yeah. um, you can see everything. You can just kind of interact. It's worth noting, by the way, that like the casting of Robin Williams was also a major influenced how the film yeah. developed because do you know how they they set out to do this was they took one of robin williams stand-up bits mm-hmm. and they animated it yeah. because the idea was that the only way that a filmmaker could keep pace with robin williams dynamic imagination would be through the medium of, of animation where you're not limited in the way that you are with film so they do things like for example they animated a 1970 stand-up special where he's talking about i want to talk to you today about the important issue of schizophrenia and what they would do is they would draw a second head appearing on the side of his body so that he could converse with it or they do a bit where he'd he'd be talking about something he'd be talking about recording something and he'd make a rewind sound effect but his head would turn into like spools of tape as he was making the noise as well and sort of bringing that demented energy to life this is what convinced him to they, do it they, that is they showed him that they could do that and that they could keep because he originally didn't want to be a part of it well he was initially sort of wary about this as well and he had a reason and he had good, he had good well, reason to be in the end as as we'll find as we'll yeah. discuss when we, get, when we get into talking about Robin Williams and stuff like that they did also kind of um, they brought over a special animator for the genie the genie had his own all the Disney characters obviously had their own designers yeah. and their own supervisors and all this sort of stuff but they brought in Eric Goldberg 
um, who was best known for working in British animation and for working in commercials and particularly working in comedic commercials and stuff like that. And he brought an energy to the production that the other Disney animators maybe weren't initially mm. kind of attuned to. So you do have this very pop sensibility. And it's, very, it's worth pointing out that at the same time, observers remarked that like American animation, in large part motivated in response to the success of like The Little Mermaid and even like Beauty and the Beast, which got a Best Picture nomination. But like at the same time, Disney, like American animation in general was going through a sea change. On television, you were seeing shows like The Simpsons airing in prime time aimed at adults and doing this sort of postmodern self-aware sense of humor that wasn't and specifically for kids. Even stuff like Animaniacs and... Um, yeah, the uh, Warner Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, they, that, they, that they were... Freakazoid, yeah. Yeah, yeah. DuckTales. Um, <laughs> no? That's a great show. Oh, yeah. But like... <laughs> so is that an example of... I think so. Postmodern sort of stuff. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, even Ren and Stimpy, to pick an example, oh, would God. be another example. I could never watch that show. Um, it's great. It's it's very, very demented. But it's worth noting, again, like, there had been this kind of high energy flooding in the market. The same year that Aladdin was released, there were six other, like, animated films competing for dollars. So, like, Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest. Uh, another and, Robin Williams Another picture. Robin Williams performance. Uh, An American Tale, Feifel Goes West. Woo! Cool World, which has a forgotten David Bowie soundtrack and an early Brad Pitt performance. Rock-a-Doodle, which even That's I Gabriel haven't Byrne heard of. That's Rock-a-Doodle? No, no. Cool World. Real, uh, cool World, yeah. Um, Rock-a-Doodle, which even I haven't heard of. I've seen it. Have you seen it? Yeah, it's very good. Okay. It's Be- made by, I think it's made by Don Bluth. Oh, okay. And it's about this like uh, rooster who's a singer and he um, he raises the sun. His singing raises the sun, you know, because roosters you know, they crow at the, um, at the rising of the sun. And they find out that, oh, it's not because of him that the sun rises. And so he leaves, goes to the goes to the city, and becomes kind of like an Elvis type character. So a human who is turned into a cat goes to try and find him and bring him back because it turns out, oh, it turns out that the sun did need you to help it rise, and some evil owls have taken over. It's, it's actually one of pretty those good. Classic stories. One of those classic <laughs> stories. One of those, one of those, one of those everyman journeys, you know. Yeah. It becomes actually, Elvis. It's and actually it's pretty good. Uh, I might just be saying that because I haven't seen it in a decade. <laughs> when I when I remember actually two two you decades. remember a lot <laughs> I did remember I did like it I did like it when I was a kid the animation was pretty weird and it had a s- section of it where it was like kind of Roger Rabbit where the kid was live action oh, and okay. then animated owls would come in and they turned him into a cat they were owls yeah uh, it, was, uh, it was the precursor <laughs> the to the owl, Guardians yeah, of the, the Hull. owls know Andrew the it owls know it was the precursor to Guardians of the Hull. Um, but uh, BB's <laughs> Kids and Little Nemo Adventures in Slumberland so there was this big thing taking place outside Disney BB's Kids? Uh, yes you mean Baby's Kids? Baby's Kids I don't know <laughs> um, I'm just reading this I don't pronounce tell them. us the plot to that <laughs> oh actually can, can you do that? I, I don't think I I kind of know Baby's Kids oh come I on tell us Baby's Kids no, no I don't want to tell no. us the story Gather no around. I don't want to no, be our Robin Williams <laughs> 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 who may secretly be okay. the genie oh it broke <laughs> Um, but okay but yeah so you had this idea of like animation getting more modern and Mm. being dragged into the modern world and not being traditional and old-fashioned and like this is the thing about um aladdin is that i still don't think it's as good or anywhere near as good as beauty and the beast or the lion king no um i i i i think i think a a lion king was very kind of uh, lion king was a film 
yeah, as opposed to a movie. Almost, almost too much. Like kind of. It, well, it, I don't no, know. No, no. I mean, I, I, mean, I understand. It was very. It, it, it seemed was kind of pretentious. Would perhaps be a word that you might throw at it. It had, it had ideas maybe. or notions. Yeah, <laughs> notions of itself. Uh, but no, I, I, I get that, and I mean, I love it. I adore it. But it is very much a film that takes. It's. It's very much the kind of Disney film that you imagine the people horrified at Jack Nicholson popping up in Aladdin wanted to make, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and this is the thing, is that I think Aladdin is, I agree with Andrew on it, it's great fun. Uh, I think it's amazingly animated as well. Um, I'm, I don't have the same expertise or background in animation as Graham does. I don't have that sort of like grounding in like technical craft and stuff like that. But Jerry Beck, who's written, is a famous Disney sort of uh, studio sort of historian, he argues that Aladdin is the most perfect Disney film from a technical standpoint. Um, he says that they've hit a whole new level of perfection that hasn't that hadn't been at Disney since the fifties and hasn't been met since. Things like even the crowd scenes, yeah, in Aladdin are absolutely beautiful. The dynamic character animations, and again, it's worth noting yeah, that because in in Beauty and the Beast, you really notice how little attention goes to some of the kind of background yeah yeah the background players there's a scene in Aladdin where Aladdin is literally pushed into the forefront looking at an audience a sea of people and the way they're animated is really quite nice Um, it's not animated as the same way as he is but it makes him stand out and makes the masses look like oh it's really like a sea of people and it gives you that sense of grandeur when he's you know realizing oh i'm a small person and this is not what i want to do yeah. and i mean even things like we mentioned goldberg who was brought over from england having mm. done um advertisements and comic advertisements he decided that what he wanted was he wanted aladdin to be hyper stylized yep. so like the film is very much like the animation style in aladdin is it's still disney style but it's off kind of slightly it's modeled on the work of al hirschfield you may know as the caricaturist or sort of cartoonist i think mm. from the 30s you see it whenever a genie transforms yeah but you also see it even like aladdin's face and jasmine's Mm. face the way their noses are structured the way the lines go and they're all sort of like very symmetrical and they're all very sort of like you know you've got curves but you've got lines you've got angles but not harsh angles like you do at jafar they are pretty people they're very pretty people but they're they're pretty in a way that say bell isn't they're more stylized and in fact they're actually modeled on arabian uh calligraphy for example Mm. was why they chose to do that uh, but again, the idea isn't is... that the the kind of Disney figure, the same one that kind of little uh, um, Ariel in the Little Mermaid has. Oh well, the the figures, the bodies, yes, but the faces. Think about the way in which the think about the way in which the noses are much yeah, longer. You can see the noses are the far nose, different, and the way in which Jasmine's eyes and her nose come together mm-hmm. to give her sort of a face that is slightly different from the way that Belle's does, where Belle has just Belle's nose is a knob almost to a certain extent, rather than actually being a nose, and that sort of happens throughout, and even like the Sultan and stuff like that. Yep. Where you have these kind of details on their faces which are different from, say, the human beings in Beauty and the Beast, uh, but even, say, the, the lions in I suppose, the lions. I mean, it shows that this is, <laughs> to, to, to say it is, is, is a bit stupid, but they're international. I mean, you can say, but you could actually say, if you looked at these casts, and went, oh, that's a French cast. That's a that's a that's a it's an Arabian cast, stuff like that, because of how they're drawn, animated and colored that you could actually say that even though everyone's American and you have every now and then a notable Brit playing uh, one or two characters. But the Sultan Sultan's a British is is very definitely a British actor. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, the genie is very definitely an American Oh, actor. he's very American. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I think, before we then jump into the spoiler zone, three questions, right? So, Graham. Yes? Do you think that Aladdin, 
1992 animated version by Disney, in case there's any ambiguity. Thank you for stating that. Um, do you think that it belongs on a list of the 250 greatest movies ever made? It's honestly one of the toughest, to- toughest times I've been asked that. Um... Life is difficult. It is difficult. Life's getting more Sometimes difficult. Sometimes you have to sit as down age, and watch a Disney film and talk I about age, it. God, I don't get better. I get worse. I just get older. Uh, Does it make you angry? No, God, no. I love this film. Um, I think, yeah, it belongs in the 250. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think it belongs in the 250. Again, like it's been stated, um, I don't think anyone here can argue that it's technically not a gorgeous film. Yeah. Um so yeah why did you I make think, eye contact with me when you said that Graham no no but technically I, I, know, I, know, like, I, know. I just mean like to everyone I mean because I'm sure both of you have issues with it um, so yeah for me yeah I think it belongs in the 250 uh, would you like me to answer the second question well no I was going to ask Andrew do you think it belongs on the 250 um, I'm not sure I, like it, it's it was nice kind of watching it again and being being reminded of this um, and I, uh, it, it's 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 difficult because like mm. if 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 you're gonna have, uh, the two hundred and fifty uh best movies, um ever made, have some kind of kids movies on them on there, but kind of who gets to decide what what movies are? <laughs> not, you can you can say really, that there are enough Star Wars not, movies on there if you want. Andrew. Not really kids. I mean, like, the kids might go Paw Patrol, and then we're stuck with that. <laughs> yeah, it, it. I mean. I don't know. Is 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 this? That's fair. I mean, I, I think that that's fair. And it's I think a hard that you're, question you're, this time around. But I think that you're you're right though that like you know this is a kids movie on there, but it's a movie from when the people who vote on IMDb were kids. Yeah. I think that there is this sort of bi- sort of bias there to a certain extent, and I mean it is notable that you know Pixar movies occasionally get on. We we talked about Coco with Graham, for mm-hmm. example. We talked about Toy Story four, but I mean these kind of the the. Pixar movies kind of strike me as better movies in the, in the sense yeah. of having more kind of... Um, Going on, probably. Yeah, and more, more sort impact. of nuance in the way that they kind of tell stories or the, the way they tell lessons or the, the, the kind of universality sometimes of... Not, not, that it, not, not, not that there aren't universal lessons in this, um, but the... The, the universality of kind of who they're telling the stories to. Yeah. So they tend to kind of um, have very relatable kind of aspects for the um, uh, parents. In as the much audience. as for the kids. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's it. Like Pixar movies Hurst are... the childless 30-something. <laughs> yeah, who are sitting down watching it totally right on podcasts. Yeah. Um, I mean, that that's worth... And we'll probably talk about that a bit in the story zone because one of the things that's been discussed about Aladdin is that it... And it's, it ties into this pop culture thing that we're talking about, the, the cameos from the Jack Nicholson thing. But a lot, when you read a lot of the contemporary coverage, so reviews in, say, the New York Times, for example, the LA Times sort of profile piece on it, there's a lot of discussion around the idea that Aladdin is pushing a film that is not just for kids or movies that parents will be happy to watch with their kids or movies that parents will see several times like a lot of the reviews that i talk about and all the reviews that i read and we'll include them in the show notes but one of the interesting things or recurring themes about them is how they seem to assume that when a parent brings a child to an animated film the parent just switches off and goes on autopilot which again perhaps speaks more to 1992 than it does the state of you know animation today or whatever but there's like a lack of imagination on the parents um kind of part 
but you can't really expect like it must be a blessing to go to a boring movie that they're going to get to sleep during that's a fair point <laughs> yeah. it's like this is my snooze time but yeah. the um but the thing is that a lot of the reviews are like a movie that parents will have to see and will want to see several times in order to get all of the jokes all the rapid fire jokes and they single out things like for example the coffee maker that's discussed in the opening scene a sign on a fertilizer stand in which aladdin lands it's like i feel like i got those first time watching yeah, it I feel yeah. like that's not something that I would need to watch several so I will times say, there was one joke that I never got until literally this viewing so that was interesting will we say that for the swears on yeah. mm-hmm. okay cool and then so second question then uh, and actually by the way I would kind of agree with both of you on this I mm. think this is a great fun movie this yeah. is hugely enjoyable I'm very glad that I got the chance to watch it and it's a nice we'll be releasing this over New Year's this is a nicer like Christmassy movie to watch it doesn't demand too much of you it's beautifully animated yeah. it's fantastically well constructed do I think it belongs on the list of the 250 greatest movies of all time I don't think so I think the two films surrounding it are better options I think Beauty and the Beast and Lion King are better movies but even then I definitely, if, I, I definitely say Beauty uh, Beauty and the Beast is better alright yeah um, and then you're now you're trying to make me as angry as Graham. Um, but also I would argue that even things like if you want to put a classic Disney movie on there. Well, like better than this. Um, thanks, thanks, Andrew. <laughs> uh, but I think that if you are going to put a, cla- a Disney movie on there, perhaps you should look beyond the Renaissance. Uh, if you want to put like a third film on there because it's Beauty and the Beast and The Lion King and this, maybe you should go back and look at something from the 50s like Cinderella or Sleeping Beauty or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I look have at a those... lot of love for Cinderella. Sorry yeah. for Sleeping Beauty, excuse me. I quite like Pinocchio. Yeah, I don't know yeah. how well it... Um... Pinocchio is very disjointed having rewatched it a couple of years ago. Like, I mean, I love it. It's beautifully animated and it's well constructed, mm. but the story is all over the place. I, I think Sleeping Beauty is... It has now become an underappreciated gem. I mean, the animation quality on it, the songs are are really touching, and f- especially for then, because of the amount of princess films that came out back then and how the princes were, uh, it has a really nice dynamic between the prince and the princess. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the animation is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Um, and it has some of the best comedy. Yeah, but I mean that 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 sort of stuff. So I would argue that like if you are going to put a third Disney film in contention. Mm. As glad as I am to have just watched Aladdin, I would argue that maybe... And again, this is... Am I being... You know, you described The Lion King as being kind of pretentious or having notions or thinking of itself as a, you know, inverted commas, real movie. You know, that that way... the film. No, no. Beauty and the Beast was kind of... um, I I feel got was the one that kind of got it right because it wasn't as kind of... um, Self-serious? Kind of self... Yeah. as, um, As The Lion King... But it was very, at the same time, um, heavy. Yeah, and dealt with big ideas and themes. Yeah, And I wonder, like, is me saying, don't put Aladdin on, put on, like, something classic from the 50s or from the 40s. Is that me being too self-serious? I'd say, is this me having notions where I'm like, forget about the (laughs) fun Robin Williams movie. (laughs) You want to go the other direction. Go extreme. (laughs) Um, Extreme. But yeah, um, so, you know, but... Personally, if I were putting together a list, I would probably go for an older film from the mm-hmm. Disney canon if I had to slot one in mm-hmm. on top of those two. And second question, Graham, which is, would this make your own personal 250? Yes. Yeah, hands down. Um, again. How does this fall in your own personal Disney rankings? Not that you have to rank them all, but like, would this be in your I, top 10, top 5? Oh, definitely. Definitely top 10. I'd have to revisit the list of the Disney films that I've seen. Like, I've seen pretty much all the Disney films. Yeah. Uh, maybe one or two I haven't. Uh, how but, many Mighty Ducks movies are there? <laughs> three but they're live action they don't count uh, oh yeah, also, sorry not, not oh, there's the... also a TV there's also a cartoon that, like they were aliens 
The Mighty Ducks, yeah. the, the hockey team. Yeah, they're a hockey team, but they're also a spacefaring uh, band of superheroes that were real ducks. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a Disney cartoon. That's where they got, so their, they got, the, they got the golden mask. They put it on. They were like, uh, skills from. Yeah, it was, like, was kind of like Thundercats. Invisible but aliens like that only like, they can see. No, 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 no. It was still ducks. <laughs> it, was, ah. it was basically humanoid ducks. It was, kind of like, it was kind of like Disney's version of Thundercats. But instead of Thundercats, they had, like, instead of cat people, they had duck people who fought, peop- who fought who were an, evil, an evil group of aliens who were led by, and I'm fairly certain this is true, Tim Curry. All right. Like Tim Curry was voicing this really dangerous. Like, oh, so it wasn't Tim Curry in the reality. No, no, it wasn't like Tim Curry versus animated ducks, which uh, I would watch. That sounds really fun, actually. Like, right. have so, seen, no, have you ever seen Heat Vision and Jack? Well, where no. the, the where it's it's um it's a um it's a it's a short kind of a, a YouTube sort of uh, pilot where um. <laughs> it's um it's owen wilson uh plays like a, a dead um uh friend of uh jack black who is who has become a motorcycle <laughs> and, and jack black's is jack black is a nasa scientist but the the villain in it is um what's his name is it joel silver is the name of the guy from time cop the baddie um, I don't know. Joel our, Silver was the producer oh, no, of Sil- Silver Pictures. Yeah. Or what's his name? Was it Barbara Streisand? Was he Silverman? Oh yes, Alan Silverman. Is it? Yeah. There's With never kind enough of the time. Do you want, do you want to go in the fact machine? Do we need to go check? into a fact machine? Let's go in the fact machine and check. This will be in the show notes. Because I always wanted to have the same beard Time as the Cop as the baddie from Time Cop. And we're back from the fact machine. Unfortunately, it is not Alan Silvermane, despite the fact that he has a mane that is sometimes silver. Mm. It is, in fact, Ron Silver. Ron Silver, yes. Late it- of Veronica's Closet, where I believe he fell into a volcano when he refused to come back for the third season. Yep, he died during a wedding. But um, I... How do in, I know that? In Heat Vision and Jack, the, the villain is Ron Silver. Who's like a criminal, but also um, an actor. <laughs> um, who's um, kind of like like he'll stop and you know sign an autograph or something. How did we get here? Um, you talk but, about Mighty Ducks um, and Tim. That, that's the, still Disney the, the villain being Tim Curry. Yeah. Oh, okay, that was a real nice spring. Uh, yeah, so yeah. It's, it's in my top ten. It's I don't know if it's in my top five because I mean, there's a lot of great Disney films. There are, um, but again, it's it's if it's elevated by Robin Williams. Which is further, like, it's really sad to say this, but it's further elevated by his, his death. You know, watching old, watching, watching Robin Williams films now, there is an air of just, it's like losing a family member. Like, when you look back at his roles, it's just, it's really sad to, it's, it's kind of gets me a, a bit of a, no, you will never see another performance. It, it's, it's, it's a weird thing that I do whenever I see a film with an actor that I was really attached to. Particularly as a child as well. Particularly as a child. And, you know, he always kind of played those kind of characters who was, who was just so warm and um, emotive. And, and so I, I really loved him. I, I loved him as an actor. And so whenever I see him in films, and it, it's really bad to say it, when he gives a goodbye in a film, I feel like it's that last goodbye. Like when he's given that last goodbye to Aladdin, I mean... Wearing the same costume that he wore in a, uh, I believe, Disney Studios tour yep, video as well. that is his actual outfit. Um, which was, which blended animation and live action, by the way, in the style of Roger Rabbit. But the idea was that to illustrate what animators do, Robin Williams gave this little tour video thing that you could watch. And it would be basically he was wearing the same costume as the genie mm-hmm. at the end of this. 
Ah. Yeah. Hey. Even like even, obscure Disney no, trivia. What's even, what's even interesting is that the the um. I'm very hairy. He looks. He like the genie yeah, look, is is animated after. Look how hairy Robin Williams's hands are. <laughs> Were they going to do that for the genie? And they just sort of vetoed that. <laughs> oh yeah, that'd be bad. But like, Smooth. I mean, um, it, like his facial features are fashioned after Robin Williams. It's amazing how well he looks. Like he looks like there's a there's a scene where he like smiles at Aladdin, and it just it looks like Robin Williams yeah. just blue. Well, I mean, that, that's the thing is that, again, this is the thing where the animators would occasionally work with actors. I mean, we talked about in The Lion King where Scar borrows quite a lot from the body language of, um, sort of, you know, of Jeremy Irons. And was it... Um, Look, they're oh, blooming. I should have to practice my curtsy. <laughs> All right, so, Andrew, what about yourself? I'm kind of curious about this. Would this be on your own personal 250, your own 250 favorite movies? Um, no, no, no. No um, emotional attachment to not, it? Not personally. Okay. No, like, not, not particularly. And I don't know how many movies I'd want to put on uh, out of kind of nostalgia either. Yeah, that's Nostalgia fair. is a sickness. <laughs> I, but um, I beat that into you like over the It's like neuralgia. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, no, no, it originally began as a diagnosis for soldiers, I believe. Was it the Franco-Prussian War? Anyway, sorry, this is a very, very Ow. different tangent. Um, sorry, I, I beat that into you over the course of the Cinema Paradiso podcast. Um, but yeah, I... No, would, I like, like nice I enjoyed film. Cinema Paradiso on its own merits. Yes. Like, like the... the um, and I have to... I have to... If I was choosing my 250 uh, best movies, I'd have to choose them on, on, on their own merits. merits. I think we've talked about movies that should be under 250. I know Robocop was in for, <laughs> for a very short very time briefly. a couple of years ago, but stuff like Gattaca that I really yeah. like. And yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, could, I could think of a lot of... No, the um, film. The film Gattaca with Ethan Oh, he said, I thought he said Gallagher. Okay. No, not that one. Um, but no, it, it wouldn't be on, on mine because I don't think there is there is really enough in this. It's it's it it's delightful and it's a lot of fun. And to, high energy. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. And... Um, but um, no, I, 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 and uh, like we've meant, we've talked about Robin Williams a lot. I'll, I'll probably talk a lot about um, uh, Gilbert Gottfried as well. Oh, we're going to talk <laughs> a lot about Gilbert Gottfried. Because I think people sleep on that. They, where, where, where it's, I don't think you can. <laughs> it, it's, it, um, it's, I think, another thing to kind of uh, recommend a film. I, 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 I think it's perhaps better than, um, than, um, was it is it uh, uh no it's not Rafiki is played by um uh Rowan Atkinson it's no uh, oh, it's Zazu it's Zazu yeah Zazu. All right and then uh final question I would also agree with that by the way I it wouldn't be on my own personal 250 Graham yeah. would you recommend if listeners have not watched Aladdin mm-hmm. should they pause the podcast run out watch the movie come back and listen to the rest of the show I think so yeah um especially if you haven't seen it um it's great to look back on like animation in the 90s because again like you said it it was a renaissance disney had a renaissance in the 90s and aladdin i would say is part of that renaissance uh yeah definitely watch it and andrew yeah no i'd i'd i'd, I'd recommend people watch it i i think especially if you've got kids um because you'll you'll enjoy it i think they'll enjoy it and it'll um uh, it's it's better than 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 going to see one of those terrible remakes <laughs> of those murderers. Okay, okay, oh, okay. I didn't right. say it. Oh, I didn't say it. <laughs> I think that you should let the kids watch whatever version they want, whether they want to watch a live action version, animated version, whatever version. Just, just is be careful, theirs. Darren. Your 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 balance on that fence. 
It's very uh, precarious. It's very precarious right now. Uh, to be fair, like as far as live action remakes go, the Aladdin one fares better than The Lion King or better than Beauty and the Beast. Not like. hard. Okay. Well, but it's, it's that uh, 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 very kind of distinctive Guy Ritchie <laughs> yes, kind of style, that unique yeah. uh, Guy Ritchie aesthetic. Yeah, the all auteur. those kind of, yeah, the, the, the sort of. Uh, camera angles and well, the way it, doesn't it kind do of that. slows it down. Do it that much. No, I know. No, we're joking. And, yeah. Oh, okay. um, yeah. Um, yeah, the casting of Vinnie Jones as the genie was an inspired touch. <laughs> um, or I'll give you blue balls. Anyway, never mind. Um, all right, then join us on the other side of the spoiler zone. Spoiler zone. So, Graham. Yes. What is Aladdin about for you? Well, it's about a boy's lamp, isn't it? Just rubbing that lamp, getting, uh, getting three wishes, and um, growing as a person. Even though, if you think Sorry, about it, really, it kind to... of... <laughs> Andrew's like, no, no, I only I get to make... <laughs> only I get to make masturbation uh, on this podcast. Uh, honestly... Watching it back now, as you rub adult, the lamp, a little bit of fun watching, comes out. Uh, watching, watching it back now, um, just like, does the main character grow or does he regress because of what he believes society uh, views as successful? Well, this if is, he rubs it successfully, he'll, he'll grow, and then <laughs> then afterwards, <laughs> okay, make the joke and shame. No, it's just it's just like when the second Aladdin becomes a prince. He starts to act like a complete ass. Done it ass. again. I'm very sorry. I, I feel like you what started it. The putting it in the gutter. <laughs> what? The, oh, uh, never mind. Animated never Disney mind, Graham. Film. Another never mind. animated Disney film that we have apparently talked about. Filth. Oh, okay. Filth. I tell you. Um, well, this is the thing, actually. It's weird. It, I didn't notice it when I was a kid. But th- this is the thing, and it's it's remarkable. We asked Breed to join us today. Hi, Breed. How are you? <laughs> uh, and we we Not great. recorded earlier today uh, with another uh, guest. And we mentioned we were doing Aladdin next. And it's interesting that the response from both of those people were, what a terrible, terrible protagonist. That's not what they said. Okay, but that was, I'm, I'm, I may be exaggerating. You're exaggerating. But, so it's a rare time for you to do that. But the, the impression He's, was... The, sorry, you, you've told us off mic. Kind of what, what easy, it, now, what, easy now, what, what, easy now. I thought that, I thought that was off. I'm script. blowing up your spot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting you on blast. Um, okay, but say. having talked to those two yeah. individuals, the impression was that Aladdin was maybe not Their the least strongest prince. Yes, okay. Yeah. I didn't get why until I watched it this the this again. I was like, oh wow, Aladdin does some really stupid things in this film. Like yeah. he's a nice guy. But is he? I think he's a nice guy. Is he a nice guy or is he a... Okay, anyway. I will tell you, for Probably one thing, not as it's, bad it's, as there's, the there's, there's, there's multiple yes, moments of proof in this film that show he's a nice guy. Like, he gives away food that he clearly needs to a bunch of orphans. He also is... Um, he protects them again from a really dastardly prince who is about to whip them. And then finally, he is literally called the Diamond in the Rough. Which means that um, he, he he surpasses your uh, ideals of what bad more is. More than what he seems. He's, yeah, he's more of what he seems. Don't, don't judge a book by its cover, basically. So yes, he is a good person. Does he make questionable and stupid decisions throughout this film? Very much so. But that does not make him a bad character. Now, the problem with this is... Breed probably has... <laughs> I know she does. Breed probably has some good reasons why she doesn't like Aladdin. 
And it's in, I really wish she was here, but sadly she's she's under the weather and she wanted to come because she wanted to talk about like I know she talk about why she doesn't like Aladdin, and I'm just so okay, so fascinated by what she'd say. And then I'm, of course um, the previous guest also agreed did not like Aladdin as the, yeah. like, the least favorite prince, which is interesting because there's a lot of princes in the old guard, like you know in Cinderella and in. Um, Snow White that literally do nothing and are literally just there at show dressing. But Cinder- they they do nothing. But that's like starting at zero, right? It's possible to veer negative. He doesn't go negative. He's, he saves the day. There are like I think Aladdin's great fun. I think the movie is wonderfully beautifully animated. It's very charming. The genie has an incredible energy. Oh, wait, are you talking about the film or the him? No, the film. Oh, okay. um, I'm talking about him. Him <laughs> as a character. It's just it's. So the, the film is, you know, it's touching on ideas of class and wealth and sort of like predetermined stuff. And the idea that, you know, like he comes... gingerly touching he's, on well, them. He's a street... No, not gingerly. It's very overtly. He's a street rat and he will never be acceptable to the upper classes. Right. And so he has this anxiety it's that comes from... It's a lottery that. movie. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. He, he manages to find it's a genie like, and that it, elevates him greatly. Yeah, or it's like... Um, um, uh, Willy Wonka. It's yeah. the... the, the I, Golden I, ticket sort of yeah, situation. Exactly. Yeah, And what happens is as soon as that happens... And again, maybe this is a fact of the film being compressed. And it's interesting that, like, again, it's 10 minutes longer than most animated Disney films because the Robin Williams ad libs. But the film takes a little while to get going. It's 36 minutes before the genie shows up, which is yeah. quite a long stretch of time for a 90-minute film. It's a full opening act without the genie in it, which means it's a full... It's op- kind of the selling point. Well, we'll talk about that in a, in a little while. But the issue with the, that is that it means it's a half hour before Aladdin meets the genie. It's another 10, 15 minutes before he becomes a prince. Mm. It's another five minutes after that before he meets Jasmine. No, and you're, he met Jasmine like in the first two. Oh, no, no, but you mean as, as Prince as Ali, Ali, right? Oh, right yeah. Which means you're a solid 50 minutes into a film that is, you know, an hour and a half long before you hit your central sort of character yeah. growth moment, mm. which is like, do I lie to this woman that I love in order to like have my chance to be with her? Do I pretend to be somebody that I'm not in order to like further this, in order to get along, in order to win the heart of this woman who I've met and I've fallen in love with? But and it all result- comes from not listening to her, or yes. paying attention to yes. like anything that she's is- saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's the like, problem. He, he could have um, uh, picked up on, on all of the, and, and he it's there, there's a lot of kind of projecting kind of, um his um thoughts onto on on onto her yeah. are, are thinking that kind of she they, sees him that the he way understands that, yeah. her when he doesn't yes because, or that she'll see re- him the way that he sees himself yeah because he thinks that she could never love a street rat because he believes that she could never love a street rat mm. yeah. rather than seeing that she actually wants a much more progressive she wants somebody who doesn't treat her as royalty she wants somebody who is just a good person it's, at heart uh, and like he's you have the genie in his ear, literally, literally, say, literally saying to him, "Be yourself." Not, not, not even be yourself. Be yourself is like totally. be yourself. Be yourself is a tough. Like be yourself is actually much harder advice than it seems. Well, it's tell, the more obvious. Tell the truth. That's it. Tell the truth and also listen to her. There's the point where like the genie is a bee buzzing around his head, and he's like. Talk, stop talking about yourself for a moment, Aladdin. Be in the moment and engage in conversation with this woman who you love, who is beautiful, who is just longing for somebody to see her as a human being rather than, and I quote, a prize. Mm. And, like, that's my problem with Aladdin as a character. Is, but is, is, that, is, that, is that the strength of Aladdin as a character in the sense of the kind of uh, lesson it wants to tell? 
like as as in in um as in if Aladdin doesn't kind of have that problem of seeing her as a then he can't get past it and then he yeah. can't move on and that that's that's the thing though is that I feel like the journey is hyper compressed because of the way the film's structured because the way that you you don't get genie until thirty six minutes in you don't get. Ali, you know, and meeting Jasmine until 50 minutes in. Then you got to have an action climax that requires 20 minutes at the other end. So you really have this very compressed space of time in which Aladdin has to, despite being established as somebody who is sensitive to the plight of orphans and who wants to feed them, and somebody who, you know, is sensitive to Jasmine when he meets her in the town square, for example, for the first time, he has to suddenly act like a complete oblivious jerk in order to make the point the film is making. And it doesn't feel organic to me watching it is that in the his same fault way that or is it the film's fault no i'm not okay yeah but he is the film he's not like no, there's I know, not like I know, there's I'm a real saying, aladdin i know i know it's I'm not like he's saying. sitting there going i sold those disney writers my life rights and look what they did and, and, would you and, say then that the aladdin that action... day he was like i'm not going to say that line i'm sorry that's why the genie they left that cut in with <laughs> Darren, the genie would you script. say then that the live action film got it more right no okay um i was wondering about that we'll talk a little bit about the live action film no the live action film i think does some class a live action film um, Kill for God. Um, um, He's Andrew, not even in the live action film. <laughs> Andrew, you will love this. Um, Kill for Godfrey, right? I've um, heard some stories. Uh, Gilbert Godfrey, I've heard him tell stories about um, Aladdin. Is this about the child with uh, autism? No. No. What's a child with autism? There was a child Graham with. Graham is eating a chocolate, ladies and gentlemen. Right. No. With, with, with very severe autism, um, who wouldn't kind of like. Uh, who couldn't communicate. And his father had this uh, Yago um, toy and, and said, Oh, um, uh, what's, uh, what's the matter? Um, and. It, but did it in with using the Yago puppet. So saying. What's the matter with you? <laughs> um, um, and the child started talking to the puppet oh, and wow. saying, "I'm not, ha- I- I'm not happy." I'm, 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 and uh, explaining kind of like how alone and isolated he felt to to the, to the puppet that he couldn't articulate to, uh, to yeah a to a, to 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 a person to and, and 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 um, Gilbert Gottfried um, uh, found out about this story and is now a kind of an a- advocate. Oh, that's um, kind of that's uh, uh, much lovelier than the story I imagine Gilford Gottfried and the severely autistic child would go. No, and the the funny thing about Gilbert Gottfried is like, and I'm this horrible person <laughs> who has to go out and advocate for autism. When have I ever done anything good in my entire life? Um, Sorry, that's going a real, little bit around the place. You heard the, you sounded uh, like Al Pacino just <laughs> yeah, there. a little Ooh, bit. Ah. Yeah. Uh, you heard that story about um, him going to Disneyland and he was supposed to be one of the parade announcers around the time of the release of the film. And uh, it's, there, it's, it's a standard script that you're given by Disney. But what he did was he grabbed the mic off the announcer and said, Hey kids, who wants to see a Jew ride an elephant? Which <laughs> 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 is kind of a much more Gilford uh, Godfrey sort of story that you can imagine. He's like, let me do five minutes of my material. <laughs> In front of the kids. They'll it's it. like, 9-11. Good <laughs> um, God. Is it too soon? <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, to bring it back to back to Aladdin, just sorry. Please. 
that, like, that's... What if terrorists were to go to Disneyland? <laughs> this <laughs> Sorry. Is, this is, like, that's, that's my issue with Aladdin, is that it requires his arc to be incredibly compressed. Whereas, like, as opposed to Simba, where you have, like, even you have a song like Akuna Matata and stuff like that, which articulates, can you feel the love tonight? You have these big show-stopping numbers and this space between them, which explains how, why he feels the way mm. that he does. Whereas Aladdin, you have these moments of sensitivity at the start, you have the film take so long to build. And again, all those scenes are great. All those sequences are amazing. I would not lose Friend Like Me for anything. Or even the scene of him like going through the Cave of Wonder is beautifully animated. I Wait, wouldn't... I don't even know why that's in the conversation. Yeah. No, no, I absolutely... <laughs> like, I wouldn't. But the issue is that storytelling-wise, I think that compresses down mm. Aladdin's, well, golly, I'm suddenly a jerk story beat. Which is, like, it's essential it's in a story really like big. this. But it, it's a story... Because it's like... A gene, the thing, the moment, there's a moment that really, like, encapsulates that, which is the moment where... The three of them are talking. Well, the moment where he's talking to Genie, and he's explaining to Genie that he can't wish him free. And it's a moment where, like, it starts out as this thing that is reason, like, again, it's reasonably sympathetic to Aladdin, where it's like, you understand where he's coming yeah. from and stuff like that. And it's, and the Genie is understandably upset, and the two characters have competing motivations in the scene, and therefore it's good drama. And, the, you know, Aladdin goes, look, Genie... I'm sorry. And uh, yeah, the genie I'm just, nothing without you. No, yeah, but when the genie goes back into the lamp, he says, I'm sorry. And then the genie blows a raspberry at him. And he's like, well, screw you, buddy. And it's like, that's the moment where it feels like the scene went to 11 far too fast. Where it's like, yes, I'm keeping you in indentured servitude. But yeah. I want you to know you're the asshole in this conversation. And that line kind of, um, well, you're lying to everybody else. Yeah, why I was not, feeling why, left out. why not to me? Yeah. Begin to feel left out. Which is odd because that comes almost as like one scene directly after I'm starting to get a bit attached to you, kid. Yeah. Uh, the bit where he's after rescue him and he's like, you're my best friend in the entire world, which is after he's been lying to Jasmine and after the genie has already said to him, you need to tell her the truth. So you have this kind of sense of the film going to 11 at places where it, dramatically it needs to, but it doesn't have the buildup. Mm. It, it doesn't have that like Fast and Furious 6 style runway that it can build to these moments. I need you to stop comparing films to that film. Yeah. I will when they stop being relevant. All right, but what like is that fair? Am I being unfair to a man? No, Aladdin? no, no. It's just it's always hard for me to distance myself from films that I really, really enjoy. And I suppose growing up and seeing these films now, yeah, I can see these issues with him as a character. Well, it's, but I, I wonder, is it because because I I defend it in a sense that that's all he knows. That's that's like that's the He doesn't know any better than the fact that. He's been told that through the various world that he's lived in, that the only way a prince princess will marry someone is if it's a prince. He has seen what princes are like, and he so kind of overrides what she told him in a sense. And so he's just like, okay, I'll try this. I'll try and impress uh, everyone. I'll try and do this. And that's the kind of mistake that gives him that makes him, in my eyes, I suppose, more well rounded. But that could easily be, you know, that could. That there are better ways looking yeah. hindsight now there but are better ways to have told that's, I, I don't object to the arc I just mm. think the execution of it yeah. is but it's, it's more than that as well it's kind of foundationally the, it's already kind of um, like we 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 kind of um, I guess romanticize his his kind of gotta um, well, gotta, eat, gotta eat to live uh, gotta steal to eat mm. yeah but it's uh, like if, uh, yeah but but and 
uh, when when he says, "I gotta have Jasmine." Yes, I gotta yeah. lie to to to, to have uh, uh, yeah. Jasmine, and that's it. And like the irony is that even at the start, when he does, you know, I gotta gotta eat to live, gotta steal to eat. Even then, he's willing to give away that food to kids who mm. need it more than him. Whereas it's like, I really gotta get laid. I really gotta like, I gotta get a princess for myself, and it's like. But I won't free this indentured servant, the slave that I have to do my every whim, because so that his, will get in the way. His second wish where he did was say. the um, was being saved by genie, um, by genie. Yeah. Uh, from drowning. Yeah, yeah, that's which is technically, which is he, again technically not a wish because he didn't say that. He yeah. didn't. No, he didn't. Um, and it is a little bit of a kind of a, a, yeah. a bump. The live action also makes it the live action version. It's also even hazier. No, the live action version is clearer because he at least signs his, puts his signature on it. Here he just nods his head oh, and to get consent. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, again, you know, I'm, I think this is better than the live action version for reasons we'll talk about in a moment. Mm. But I think that if, like, let's be fair here, neither of them is particularly clear, but at least the live action version is clearer on those again, terms. Again, hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I love how begrudging you are. It's like, But fine, it is true. Get... You'll always learn from the past, especially with the past. is like you're literally going, okay, how can we fix this? Um, actually in terms of Aladdin and the character mm. himself it's worth noting um, that perhaps some of the reason why the character is as or at least why I, the character is as I see kind of compressed Unloved. and rushed in the way that no in the way that he is <laughs> is do you know about Black Friday the thing in November that happens in America where people kill each other for, for deals no okay so when but that are, is a thing. It, it, is a, it absolutely is a thing. And that is one definition of Black Friday. But in terms of Aladdin's production, Black Friday no. is the day in which they showed a work print with voiceover acting of Aladdin mm-hmm. to Jeffrey Kratzenberg, the head of Disney Studios at oh. the time. As you can guess from the title, it did not go well. They had originally envisaged uh, the role of Aladdin being more akin to Michael J. Fox. They wanted him to be a teenage rapscallion who was kind of down on his look and always sort of like, you know, kind of like playful, but always kind of goofy and kind of lighthearted and stuff like that. And Isn't it, he... Yeah, is it, didn't that survive into the movie? He literally I mean, he feels that way. Guards it's it's one of the actors pile from, of manure. It's one of the actors. He's like, Marty McFly. That's it, like from Back to the Future. Like, he, like the actor who plays him, I can't remember his name, is from uh, that TV show Full House. Like, uh, oh yeah, yeah. so so he's like, like a boyfriend Michael, of one of the actors. Michael J. So, Fox also came from one of those sort of similar yeah, family yeah. sitcoms. But yeah, the like the actor they got was quite the dashing American, you know, all American uh, charmer. Like he looked, he looked kind of like Aladdin. But it's it's more that like when they showed the print to Kratzenberg, his response was that Aladdin, and I suspect like it's worth pointing out that in the opening scenes, Aladdin is much kinder. That's the bit where he's giving away the bread, for example. So it's quite likely that that is an example of the kind of Michael J. Fox thing coming through. Because what they decided that they wanted to do, what Kratzenberg's direction was, was that they would make him more like Tom Cruise. That's what he wanted Aladdin to be like. He wanted to be more assertive. He does run a lot. No, he wanted to be more assertive. He wanted him to be more roguish. Pretty good thief. <laughs> Until one day he has a crisis of confidence. Until a girl comes along and <laughs> teaches him. Um, but yeah, that, that's the that's the issue is that they wanted him. Kratzenberg suggested that they watch a tape of Top Gun, and that Aladdin should be more like Tom Cruise in Top Gun. Which, <laughs> <laughs> but you can't. Listeners can't see us, but we're boffing. But yeah, so the the. That's. I mean, I wonder if maybe that contributes to some of, <laughs> some, of, 
some of the issues that we had. Oh, by the way, it was April 1991, just 19 months before Aladdin was due to be released. Kratzenberg told them to throw out everything they have oh. and start from scratch. The production date would not, sorry, the release date would not move from November 25th, 1992. That's insane. Yeah, they scrambled. They were talking about working around that's a year the clock. That's, that's just over a year and a half. Yeah. Um, and they had to like they threw them out they got new writers in to rewrite the they, script they which watched is... Top Gun to learn how to scramble <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah so I wonder if that maybe contributed to the way that to that sort of contrast we mm. see in Aladdin's character where he starts out this sort of like roguish kind of lovable but still insecure character mm. who is very much in the style of a Marty McFly and ends up this colossal arrogant jerk who's like well screw you Again, guys I think it's a character he's putting on but no, but even when he's talking to the genie in private. I, I mean, that scene is where he's like freaked out because he has to take on a ton of responsibility. It, it, does he? What does the Sultan actually do except build okay, little okay. models? That Sultan, his... I'll say this. That Sultan is not a good representation of a Sultan, of a leader. Because I think, and I, I work... It's I, not I, my I, Sultan. It's <laughs> not my Sultan. Hashtag, Hashtag not my Sultan. But there's just, the fact is, I was watching <laughs> this film this time over and I was just like, the amount of times that he gets hypnotized by Jafar... I think what's happened is he's been hypnotized so many times that he's turned incompetent and dumb. That I think there was a you're point waiting, in his life where he was an okay... Uh, you're waiting for the gritty movie. reboot. Where I'm, it's like, I'm just like, there was a point in the film is just like, how has no one noticed that like, that this guy is like just turning completely? And there's even a scene fine. where it's just like... Oh, by the way, Kratzenberg's exact quote on Black Friday was mm-hmm. 86, that mother. Wow. Yeah, you don't mess with the Gratz and um, I, I also find funny is there's even the scene where... 86? 86, apparently. 86? What does that mean? I have no idea. <laughs> it's not even what on What happens in 86? Yeah. Did 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 Tom Cruise do We're something saying, in 86? Because the deep six is to bury something. Somebody six feet under. Uh, do you want to go to the fact machine and check this? I would, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we'll go to the fact machine. To the fact machine. And we're back from the fact machine. According to UrbanDictionary.com, yes, we're using oh, UrbanDictionary.com. Oh, wow. yeah. um, to get rid of, originally for killing somebody, the phrase 80 miles out and six feet under oh. was reserved for somebody who had to dig their own grave 80 miles from civilization and then get shot execution style. The term 86 originated from this, be it alcohol or eliminating. It's supposed that Jimmy Hoffa was 86 under the end zone of the giant stadium. I have heard so the, that before. The more you say it, I've seen I've seen that in scenes and films. Yeah, the yeah, more they drive you out. Yeah. <laughs> so we didn't have to go to the fact machine. <laughs> I've heard it in. I've, like they never said eighty six of them. I've just well, seen now the you scene know, now you where know. the person is eighty six. Now you know. Now I know, now and that's know. half the battle. Yep, Jeffrey Kratzenberg is a mafia don. Basically, the Joe Pesci of like nineties yeah. animated filmmaking. I was an eighty six child <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah so back back to what we were talking about there in terms of sort of discussing the film and discussing Aladdin and things like that because that is there is a change because uh, like Aladdin initially he is the Ray Liotta to uh, Abu's uh, Joe Pesci <laughs> Abu is a proper thief. Yeah, Abu is like, I'm not giving these kids bread. He's a psycho. Yeah, yeah. yeah but he yeah. does give well, them bread in the end. But with guilt and shame. And also, even like trying to steal from he's, Yasmin he's as well. He's always trying to steal more. Yeah. He's like got all these uh, like apples. Where, yeah. Like, yeah, he's a kleptomaniac. Yeah. 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 He's got a problem, basically. He's yeah. a thief. Yeah. They're supposed to be thieves. Yeah. It's okay for him to be what he's supposed to be. But, okay, but the point is that Abu is the harder edge of the two. Like, he's oh, yeah. the more jaded. Well, that's the, the joke. Uh, 
Yeah, but then when well, you get Well, that's because he's closer to death. When... But monkeys don't live as long. When you get to the pal- <laughs> when you get to the palace, it becomes the dynamic changes dramatically, and Aladdin is suddenly very, very all in it for himself. Again, it's a character he's playing, and a, and Abu has been turned into an elephant. Oh yeah, elephants can't. <laughs> elephants don't have opposable thumbs, so they can't grab anything. That, all those scenes of body horror with with, <laughs> with, with Abu one coming. No, the, uh, multiple. When he it, it transforms, was one scene where transformed multiple times. And all, but also like when 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 he's trying to open and bananas that's sad like it's there's a really kind of uh, it's really traumatic yeah, this is like sort of like Ab- existential. Abu- Abu's like... transformation is... You guys are really, really into this. If he's, he's a monkey in the body of an elephant, is he still a monkey? No. He, he looks so terrified when when the genie is looking at him. and uh, Because the genie has a sort of a um, an affinity with the magic carpet. Because they're both from the same... Yeah, they um, grew up together in the Cave of Wonders. Exactly, like, yeah. yeah. But Abu except they didn't. Except they didn't because the genie's in the lamp. Maybe the magic... He says it himself. It's been a millennium. Yeah, well, who knows? Maybe the magic carpet rubbed him a little while ago, you know? Oh, is that... So then when the... They don't when talk the, about when, it. when the magic lamp rub... Sorry, when the magic carpet Ca- rub the lamp and get out of the cave... Because he doesn't have a mouth, Graham. He can't wish if he doesn't Maybe have a mouth. the magic carpet's also been So he's not talked to him in a millennia? Is, well, that, no, is that what we're saying? Presumably they play chess or whatever. Whatever it is they do. Doing. You yeah. see it in the film. Yeah. <laughs> beat my rug. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I never <laughs> loved it. I <laughs> <never> <laughs> <loved> <laughs> Roger Dangerfield. Roger Dangerfield, yeah. Like, I didn't get that joke until literally today. I was today old when I found out what that joke meant. Um, but yeah, I mean, there is something. And the animation is absolutely astounding. Like, when he does staggering. the... My favourite part is when, the, is when Genie does the three wishes. When, sorry, not the three wishes. When he does the three rules. Rule number one! And, like, he's like... He, like, his body becomes rigid Every time he does, so he can almost emulate the number. Yeah. So, you know, I can't make anyone fall in love. Uh, no, sorry, rule number one is you can't make anyone kill, you can't, can't kill, kill anyone. anyone. Uh, rule number two, can't make anyone fall in love. Um, <laughs> his face turns into lips. And then rule number three is my favourite. And is one of the reasons why I, like, I don't want to harp onto it, but is one of the reasons why I think um, the new Aladdin is a bit inferior. Because in rule number three, when... Um, he does it. He like transforms into like this zombie type thing with like viscera Gump. and yeah. stuff coming off him. And he goes, "I don't like to do it. It's horrible." And you know he's 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 invoking a character from like the 1930s when he's doing that. In the original, in the new film, when Will Smith does it, he turns into a mummy and just keeps talking as if he's Will Smith. It's not. It's not. It's. It doesn't look as good. It's not as interesting. With this, there's a there's a real sense of character when he's talking about just three rules and that's that's kind of like one of the highlights of the film it, it, it really shows off how great Robin Williams is well I mean it's, it's also, also the idea of animation again because this is my issue with doing these live action shot for shot remakes and again mm. the adaptation of Aladdin makes a number of changes yep. to the material which we'll probably talk about in due course when we talk about Jasmine when we talk about Jafar well, to Jasmine. Um, but one of the things that you really lose when you do a shot for shot remake whether it's the Lion King or whether it's Aladdin or whether it's Beating the Beast is the fact that these animations are you know they're 
anthropomorphic, but they're exaggerated. They can be cartoonish. They can be caricatured. Like you can have their eyes move and their mouths move in ways that they can't when they're actual, you know, animals or CGI representations attempting kind of verisimilitude. Yeah. So like the genie can do all these weird things. He can contort like an animaniac. He can keep pace with Robin Williams' voice and his imagination. Like an exaggeration is, of Robin Williams. Like just a great source to look at. Yeah. Well, I mean, even things like the well, like, it's like Robin Williams on cocaine on cocaine. Yeah. Pretty much. That's it exactly. But you're seeing the world as he sees it, which is kind of impressive as well. But on LSD. You talk, you, know, you talk about like when they gave him a box of props and stuff like that. There's all the material they didn't use. Like when he took out a bra, he was like, yeah, double yarmulke. Um, which, which is just great. And wrapped it around his head and stuff like that. But like a lot of the stuff came from him improvising and playing around with that. But even things like, say, the you ain't never had a friend like me, right? And, like, I will defend the casting of a Will Smith in the live-action Aladdin because it plays on the idea of needing a movie star to play the genie. You need somebody with that level of presence and power. Mm. And it's worth noting that, again, I think we talked about this when we talked about The Lion King, Aladdin is notable for being the first time that you had an actor, actor. of that of that stature. Because yep. you had Vincent Price do it, for example, but that was in the 80s when Vincent Price, you know, wasn't exactly a top draw at the box office. Nope. Um, but you had things like you had other studios trying it, like Robin Williams being in Fern Gully and stuff like that, and Tim Curry being there. But you didn't have that kind of level of star power. Whereas for Disney, bringing in Robin Williams and making him like the focus point. He was of on the, the marquee. Like he was yeah. the top of the marquee. Oh, well, yeah. Well, we'll talk about that in a, in, yeah. a, in, a, in a moment. Yeah. But like that was. He, he was being used to market so many things. Oh, it's really funny that you mentioned that. Marketing that he did for like toys, where uh, they, they had a very specific sort of a trailer. Yeah. I mean, where that, he that's got to be just basically doing Robin Williams well, that's yeah. gotta be where they weren't showing bits from the movie that's a good segue okay that's so let's, segue let's talk about let's talk about the genie because we're going to talk about animation but let's talk about the genie and Robin Williams Robin Williams took the role of the genie for scale uh, which is I think $76,000 at the time mm-hmm. which is obviously much less than he was worth um, the reason that he claims to have done it is because Disney through Touchstone Pictures at the time had helped him start his career with films like I think um, Good Morning Vietnam I think they may also have done Dead Poets Society. I'm less sure on that one. But the idea was that they had helped him start this sort of modern wave of his career after transitioning from television into doing film. And he felt like it was a nice thing to do to pay them back. He also thought it would be nice for his kids to be able to see him in a Disney film and stuff like that. And also to be part of the rich animated legacy. Because The he way was... to pay them back for, for them helping him to help them make lots mm-hmm. of money. Yeah. Um, well, this is this is where it gets kind of interesting because obviously he'd also been a big fan of animation. He did that studio tour thing that we talked about, and we'll see if we can find some clips and include them in the he show notes. Video games as well. Uh, he do, he does. Well, he, yeah, he did. He was he was kind of big into Zelda. He named his daughter yeah. Zelda, for example. Uh, but the thing with Robin Williams is that because he was also doing Hook and doing Toys at the same time, and in fact, Toys would be releasing that Christmas season. He didn't want his name used to sell Aladdin. He didn't want his involvement with the film used as a marketing opportunity by the film. So he insisted he had a number of conditions, including, for example, not billing him in promotional material. In fact, some of the promotional material from around the time, including the original press kit, but also the Disney storybook version of Aladdin. Um, have the Happy Meals? No, we'll talk about those in a moment. Mm-hmm. The issue is that like, they cr- had a cast list for the film, and the genie was credited as the actor credited as the genie um, in a very Prince style sort of way of referring to him. But that sort of stuff was there. And he insisted that the character of the genie could only take up 25% of the marquee. That was the maximum that they would allow. 
<laughs> and what he found was that Disney almost immediately backed out on that. They started using his recordings for Happy Meals, which he, he had not agreed and not consented to. They, they ad- found a lovely little loophole. They adhered to the fact that uh, his character could only take up 24% of the marquee by making the title Aladdin 50% of the marquee and cramming the rest of the cast into the resulting 25% as a I still a remember the poster. The poster's, uh, just the poster's the huge. And then it's, he takes up like he's the a top lot quarter. of it. He's and the then you quarter. see little bitty Aladdin and Jasmine looking up at him as he is like, he is covering a good portion yeah. of that poster. Yeah. Um, and again, it's strictly, it is strictly 25% yeah. mathematically calculated. But again, it's done in a way so that he's the main draw yeah. for it. And this led to Robin Williams' feeling incredibly betrayed by Disney. He didn't come back for the sequel, The Return of Jafar. No, but he came back for King of Thieves. He did indeed, where he's played by, uh, he was played by Dan Castanella, um, who voices Homer Simpson in the sequel. But here's the thing. Do we know what, uh, he also gave interviews at the time where he's quite scathing about Disney, where he he joked that, you know why Mickey only has four fingers? So he never has to pick up the check, um, which is great. But he also, um, do you know how Disney made it up to him? Mm. Do you know how? I think I do. I, when you say, are you being ironic when you say make up to no, them? No, how, how Disney tried to, to get him back on board. Oh, uh, I do, but no, nah, hold on. Uh, Why don't no. you tell us? Yeah, no, you do. No, I think okay. I know. They gave him a $1 million Picasso painting um, to make it up, to say, we're sorry for the misunderstanding. <laughs> misunderstanding. The, the issue is, though, and this is kind of great, according to Artnet, um, Despite the fact that they sent him a $1 million Picasso painting, it didn't go down particularly well uh, because in the Williams living room, the painting is all the charm of a fright wig clashing with the animal cages, the children's furniture and the mood of the owners. Friend and fellow actor Eric Idle even suggested that Williams should go on TV and burn the Picasso as a a form of protest against Disney. Um, But apparently he did... that did go some way towards making they, it up the gesture they of did sending him a million dollars in the uh, form of an art painting. They did also do one or two bad things because you'll notice that's when Darren was pointing out that 1992 was the same year another um, Robin Williams film came out. It was Ferngully. As well. Yeah, they kind of buried Ferngully, didn't they? Well, Ferngully, yes. But Ferngully, I think he did fun Ferngully before he did this, to be fair yeah, to it. But, but yeah. Disney, Disney were just like, uh, we're just going to pour a bit more stuff in so that Ferngully, no one even sees it. Which is not cool. Yeah, um, it is. And I again, like this this caused again no shortage of controversy between mm. Williams and the studio. Like in mm. terms of so that's why the Disney is that's why the genie is such a sore kind of mm. topic. But to get back to what I was saying beforehand when we were talking about this, which is that like the advantage that animation has over live action, if live action is going to do scene by scene, is that animation can have the characters contort and keep up with Robin Williams and stuff like that. But even the way in which the guards express themselves, the characters like Iago, for example, in in the live action film, Iago is just a parrot CGI'd in. Or yeah, Raj, which is the really tiger. weird because he's voiced by Alan Shuddick. Yeah. You, if you get Alan Shuddick, use Alan Shuddick. Yeah. But I mean, even Raj the tiger is just like, he's like a character from The Lion King. He's still a CGI, voiced by Frank Welker. He's a CGI tiger. Yeah, um, but he's still voiced by Frank Welker. Yeah. Um, and again, it, it just, it feels like if you're going to emulate that style mm. of filmmaking, then like, accept the cartoon, like, cartoonish quality. The Cave of Wonders. Time. The Cave of Wonders is nowhere near as interesting in the uh, live action. Like it's built into a, into a wall. Like it's not like it comes out of, uh, it comes up out of nowhere. It's just like literally built into yeah. a wall and it comes out and it's like, and then it's just, Frank Welker. It doesn't even... Its mouth doesn't even move in the live-action version. But in this, the Cave of Wonders is like... 
it's tr- it's it's computer well, it's, animated. It's, it's computer animated. It's computer, computer animated. animated. It has full movement of mouth. It like has expression. I love that the tiger has an earring. By the yeah, way. it has an earring. This is another example of making it very nineties and hip for the kids. It's like yeah, well, give, the, give the cave of wonder an earring. Uh, it'll that'll up its attitude by about ten percent. Hit it with the fourth quarter. Of course. I mean, it was the nineties. Everything was extreme. Yeah, it is exactly. It's CG yeah. inside and out. Yeah, there's yeah. CG inside and and out. Fun fun thing. I and I remember this was the Aladdin video game. Which was so much fun, but also very difficult. And you had to literally do the Imagine same thing that he does. It's a good platformer. It is. It's a yeah. great platformer. Well, because like, you have the chase sequence at the start. You, you have the chase sequence. Yeah. collapsing. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, where you're basically riding the magic carpet, trying to get out, and things yeah. are falling, like the lava, so you can't go down too but low. But the fight with Jafar at the end. I, I don't know. I never got there, Andrew. Probably. <laughs> I rent, my mom would <laughs> let me rent video games games for two nights. Oh. It's a Sega game. You're not going to get it finished in two nights. It was a. It was a tease, and I hated it. Sorry. This, this is a very sad story. Thank you. <laughs> the, 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 um, I, speaking of the Cave of Wonder, um, uh, Abu gets the lamp uh, uh, back yeah. from Jafar. Mm-hmm. And, um, Jafar, and, who just wanted to be an actor. <laughs> but it, well, I think he missed a beat. He should have been an actor. And, um, and he, he hid that, that lamp. Um, and I was wondering that too. I wondered yeah. where the lamp was hidden on Abu's and adorable little waistcoat and fez. He put it in the only place that he 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 knew it would be safe. Whoa, that uncomfortable hunk of metal. Was there's no way he's gonna give Aladdin's birthright away to that son of a jackal? Um, <laughs> Jafar get his dirty little mitts all over him. So he put it in his my ass. ass. <laughs> yeah. When he pulls that, it's like, oh, that was up his butt. Yeah, well, there's nowhere else that <laughs> could have come from. nowhere else, because the lamp is the same size as Yaga. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Abu. Abu, yeah. Abu. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about Jasmine and about Jafar, actually? Because this is interesting. Because yeah. you love Jafar. I love Jafar. I think he is a fantastic villain. What is it that you love about that Jafar? Voice. That voice. That acting. I mean, he's so over the top. I mean, but he's, all he's conniving, he's interesting, and there's menace. But what, like, why is he interesting? I'm actually why is he interesting? Like, because he's... Co- oh, okay, okay, so I can see what you're doing here. All right. what, what, what am I doing here? No, I know, you're like trying to make me properly articulate why I think uh, Jafar deserves the accolades. I think his that- henchman um, kind of earns it for, Iago, for yeah. as well. Yeah. I love the scene so of the two of them laughing. Like myself and Andrew <laughs> were, were laughing. Graham was looking at us at certain points when we were laughing in unison with the evil laughing of the pair of like them. Like when they sit down in the chair it's like ah 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 but that's it. Like they parrot's like, no, you you laugh, no, and then you laugh. And, and then the team as well, because a lot of a lot a, a lot of Jafar's schemes kind of come, come from, from Iago. Iago. He's, yeah. Well, he's the one who steals the lamp at the end. With his... I, I I feel like I've brought it yeah, but up. That was definitely Jafar's idea. In what? Steal like the lamp. But no, to no, to, 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 to marry Jasmine oh, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. it's also yeah. Iago and stuff like that. And I mean, I. The impersonation of Jasmine to lure Aladdin out of the... Yeah. Sort of, which, by the by the way, is one of those, like, again, you can tell the production was kind of rushed because it's like, was Aladdin just, like, wandering around the palace garden for, for, like, ages? for four hours going, Jasmine! She's <laughs> in the menagerie. Goes to the menagerie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jasmine! Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but anyway, sorry, you were saying about Hayako. Yeah, but did, I, I, I feel like... Oddly, maybe I've brought it up on the on on the podcast before, 
the, the, I, I don't know when would be an appropriate time to bring it up, but you it probably wasn't an appropriate and... time. Yeah, but the the um, the Brooklyn Nine Nine uh, bit where 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 he's saying to Santiago is like, um, um, uh, or should I call you Iago? And and she's like, oh, I'm I'm impressed that that you're aware of of, of, of Othello. Oh, Othello. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's like, what? What's a tell? Oh, yeah. <laughs> she, talking about oh, yeah, she, she, Iago, she, she, the parrot from Jake. Aladdin. Yeah, she's saying yeah. it to Jake. I thought you were saying it to Holt. Um, but yeah, I mean, were we ever talking about a Shakespeare? Adult? We were probably talking about The Lion King. It was probably uh, in The Lion King. It's always The Lion King. But what is it about Jafar then that is interesting? That Honestly, I just found attention? him really... Like, I mean, I suppose it goes back to when I was a child. He was menacing. He was, he was scary looking. When you were first introduced to him, he, he looks... Well, threatening. Are we okay with the way we're introduced to him? What you mean the fact that he like sends like a guy a to his death with a dark man <laughs> with dark <laughs> intentions? Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. That one. You mean dark. there? There was some. There was some minor controversy around the film's release and its portrayal of the Middle East, for example. It was released shortly after the Gulf... I think this was good for the Middle East. <laughs> <laughs> Given its reputation in American pop culture at the time. But it was released shortly after the Second Gulf War. In fact, it was really going to be set in Baghdad. They had to change it they to They changed the name to Agrabah. Fictional World. Yep, that's it, exactly. Wow. And they did that by rearranging some of the letters and dropping out the D and stuff like that to get Agrabah from Baghdad. Uh, but the but issue... they, they took out that D and put into Aladdin. Yeah, but the <laughs> it's it's one of the issues was that the opening music. You remember the opening song, Arabian Nights. Arabian Nights. Yes, where the original version of the song included the lyric, "They'll kill you as soon as look at you." It's yeah. a barbaric place. And in, in the new version and the version that we watched here includes the line, you know, it's uh, hotter than hot, more often than not. <laughs> It's barbaric. Yeah, okay, but yeah, it still includes the barbaric line in there. It still includes the barbaric line, but it says still nice or something. Yeah. Nah. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Well, also, the good teenagers take off your clothes, which Graham is probably aware of. Well. So, we talked in the podcast no, before, wait, particularly when we talked about, when we talked about uh, the Lion King and the word sex appearing on the grass oh, while they're yeah, tumbling. This. There was, allegedly, in the original cut of Aladdin that was released in cinemas, the moment where Prince Ali arrives on the balcony to seduce Jasmine and Raj approaches her. Seduce Jasmine? You think that's what he's there for? Well, we'll talk about that in a moment. Good heavens. Um, But the issue is that apparently many people watching that scene heard, good teenagers, take off your clothes. When apparently what he had said was, Raj, get off of me. Go! Um, I don't know how the two sound alike. No, I... He says kitty. But... Anyway, says, the nice po- kitty, nice kitty. It's, it's close. Been, oh, cool. Well, it's been cut entirely uh, from the film. But um, see, like he says in that, like the one version we watched, he says, nice kitty, nice kitty. Get off my clothes, get off my clothes. Like, that's what he's yeah. saying. Um, but yeah, apparently there was some difficulty. So it might have been redubbed, but mm. I, I believe they cut Could've it from been. later version of the film, uh, which is, is kind of uh, interesting in that sense. But yeah, back to Jafar. <laughs> yeah, so, I know. You keep like, you keep, like, no, go, you keep going off on tangents. Jafar and you continue, is, keep I thought going. it would be a character that you would really enjoy. Yeah. Or is it I'm that surprised it, you don't like him. Is it that the pun run kind of uh, takes your thing away from Oh, yeah, it? with all the puns <laughs> at the end. Is Jafar pun run, which is really weird? <laughs> he goes it's off like, for like five I've been lines. waiting for these powers. To so, make puns, so that I can make really <laughs> Finally good puns. Yeah. Yeah, this is them. what I would do when I when I guess. I've been uh, watching Robin, Robin Williams, Williams all Powers. movie, and I've been and like, I feel like you haven't taken advantage of this. Enough. I like that he's using humor, but I want to use the worst possible humor. <laughs> puns. It's like get the point, <laughs> and then daggers come down. 
What's like, you don't? Things are getting hot unravel. and he starts to breathe fire. Yeah, your, your time is up and she gets trapped in an hourglass yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's, it, I think there's a lot to recommend it there. I think it's quite a punishing routine that he, he imposes there. Oh, no? But I think he, I think he, he's, he, look, he's show his promise, but he's got Jafar to go. I mean, they say dead air. That's is the better, sound of so soul, Andrew's soul leaving his body. Oh no, Andrew, no. But like, okay, fine. My, I, my I issue is it's, it's visual. It's visual. Oh, it is. It's how he's made me feel. Like it's it's a genuine. Like there's a genuine threat to him. Like, like he yeah, is he's, not, he's, he's not. He's not as complex as like obviously Scar or, or even Gaston. There. Like Gaston, he's better than Gaston. Gaston is just like, hey, oh, I was, uh, I was a spurned, whoa, 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 I was a spurned whoa, 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 whoa. possible Let's fiance. Oh, no. I love that Andrew's like the character. Andrew's red line is Gaston. Um, he's better than Gaston. Gaston. No, Gaston is a big brute. He's boring. But, he's dumb. And the only reason he's in any way interesting is because he can take the beast on. Possibly, I love that. Fight. I love that Graham's figured out something that he can put. He can push Andrew's buttons the way that Andrew can push yours with remakes. So it's like Graham's yeah. like push that button. <laughs> It's true. Have I told you how stupid I think that Gaston is? He is stupid. He's very stupid. It's super obvious. This he's is like, this he's is, like, he this is see, but Andrew's like getting no. redder in the style of a Disney cartoon. Graham going on about how stupid Gaston is is yes. just another example of Graham being kind of angry and uh, <laughs> misplaced anger. Hurt, it's just I, I, hurt I like by him. by Disney. I'm 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 not the one who's hurt here. <laughs> I just I like Jafar because. Like there's just his scheming and everything is so cool. Like the fact that he like goes to such extreme lengths to get this lamp. Like the whole dressing up. Like his relationship with Iago is amazing. He, there's there's so many things that make him just fascinating. The, the actor who portrays him is brilliant. Which <laughs> brings me to the point of the remake, where the the actor who plays him in the remake is awful. I believe the adjective you're looking for is swole. You think so? He's pretty harsh. You have harsh. I don't see it. See, another person said this to me. Like, there's like, there's a ton of um, there's other things that like Jafar, Jafar thirst tweets, and I was just like, I don't see it. He's not pretty. Great, I can admit not, when maybe, a man's pretty. Maybe it's not for you. Maybe I can like admit maybe, when a man's pretty. Maybe, maybe didn't you get the memo? <laughs> Did like, I get the memo? The guy, guys are supposed to go like heterosexual guys are meant to spend <laughs> time going on about uh, how swole, how swole. Hey, he's and, no Ben Swallow and fit. Um, all these, these guys are. All these guys are. Because yeah. it's non threatening. <laughs> um, <laughs> we talk about how much of a hard on okay, we so, got for yeah. the, for okay, this. Okay, so I've said why I don't. I've said I've defended Jafar. Sexuality. I've defended Jafar. Why do you not like him? Okay. The reason. My issue with Jafar. I, and I accept that he is a very cool design, particularly from uh, Andreas Dejo, the guy who did Scar, for example, uh, who also worked on The Beast as well. And you have the use of angles, which are very, very good. He's very visually eye popping. His red color scheme is nice. And the way in which the red characters. Is, yeah, the way in which the characters contrast with the blue and gold hues of the rest of the film, but also in terms of the animation style as well, is very effective. But he's a nothing character. He's. Completely... Sorry, Graham. He's, no, it's fine. He's completely... I think he's... I, I, I like... Um, I like uh, Jafar because of... In, in part because of how... How little kind of... He, Characterization like, he has. Well, no. Like, like uh, he... He is... I don't think he has that much interest in, 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 in Jasmine at all. No. Yeah, 
And then it, it, he it's, just wants it's, power. Yeah, it, he is a um, uh, Machiavellian prince. He's a kind of a uh, Cesare, Cesare Borgia kind of um, a, a character. Or, or, or a, a, um, a Medici yeah. kind of. Oh, it, and, and it, he... I, I I think I think his 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 wish to kind of um in so far as it applies to Jasmine is is just kind of a a response to to her kind of defiance of threatening yeah. yeah but she 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 she's a very kind of um sort of ugly sort of um form of defiance in so far as it uh, applies to Jafar. Because it's like, well, when I'm in charge, I'll um, yeah. I'll make sure to yeah. like get rid of you straight away. And it's a very sort of a um, well, I'll I'll it it reminds me a bit of Simba, and it's uh, they're, when I'm they're king. kind of yeah. oh, I can't wait to be king, yeah. and he's kind of um, very <laughs> very invested in the kind of the power of um, that, and using that being a regal kind of uh, without any responsibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, I, I, when like, when I'm king, I'm going to bully everybody I can. I'm yeah, going to use that yeah. to stomp down on the people <laughs> I don't like. Well, that that's the thing. That, that that guy who 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 sometimes kind of like cleans the the the, the grounds. He smells. I'm going to get rid <laughs> yeah. of him. Yeah. Don't care about his kids. I like. Maybe we should have fewer of them. I also I don't like know. the fact that, and this is just a. I love the way that Andrew's like, yeah. Should we maybe if we kill the Sultan, Jasmine could go on an adventure and become like a real person. Yeah. Uh, need Jafar to brutally uh, murder the Sultan, maybe beat him to death with the like you know, the, I the just like snake the fact that head game. There's no one like Jafar who can pull a line. Now it's time to get rid of Prince Abubu. <laughs> like no one, no one delivers that line with such relish, and like no one can steal a line like that. But I mean, I love the I, I love his uh, his shaman um, is the kind of powers as well. They, 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 that 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 he can he can become this kind of old man in in. But the, it's just all makeup. The funny thing about his his wishes is he 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 appears to be the 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 best sorcerer by default. <laughs> by default. Like a, yeah. He has a mind but control, ma- but he's not using yeah. magic technically. He's using hypnosis. He's using uh, not sorcery. He's not using magic. He's, he's using, using magical amulets. <laughs> he's using science. As, Except for, except for the part where I'm he uses not, the gem. I'm not sure that's, that's how science works. Yeah. I don't know. The, maybe. maybe uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not watching sure. Watching Aladdin through the, uh, through the <laughs> prism of the sand. Uh, I'm not sure that's That was weird. Works. That was weird. Um, or like mind controlling a sultan. You could hypnotize s- people. Maybe he's the Darren Brown of his era. <laughs> I don't think Darren Brown can do that, but... Uh, yeah. But it, no, like, it's not uh, using. It's not using a, 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 a magical snake <laughs> scepter. Yeah. It's like um, I am. Um, I'm Darren Brown, and in in this special, I'm going to teach you <laughs> how to usurp how, a Middle Eastern kingdom. <laughs> yeah. How 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 to um uh, how to influence people um and, 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 and the way is kind of neuro linguistic programming and a magical. Uh, um, like snake scepter, scepter yeah. can help you to accomplish your dream yeah, of taking yeah. over Agrabah and possibly forcing the princess to marry you. First, you need to find a, a, a two sides of a golden beetle. <laughs> this is all magic, Graham. By the way, are you one of those people who thinks that Star Wars makes sense? 
Oh, boy. Makes sense. Okay. <laughs> Good. All right. I, I suppose we'll move on then. Um, Probably best uh, not to let that on, dwell on that. We won't dwell on that, so. But yeah, I mean, um, but yeah no, my issue with Jafar is that, like, at this time you had Disney doing interesting... science! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the issue with Jafar for me is that at this time you had Disney doing interesting stuff with character. And you had things like, for example, again, you might, like, laugh at Gaston, but Gaston is developed he has motivation he has an arc he has a clearly mapped destination like motivation for what he's doing an origin a backstory like reason why what is gaston's backstory well gaston's backstory is that you know he's the hunk around the village and he's not a backstory but he believes that no but that motivates him throughout like it's the fact that he wants to marry Belle and that pushes him to like lead the mob to attack the beast as opposed to and jafar has the same one is the monster yeah But also Jafar has the same thing. He's looking to become Sultan. And so he's being pushed. Like he's pushing himself to get to that point. It's the same thing. He actually fancies Belle. That has nothing to do with their motivation. Being in love with Jafar. Sorry, being in love with Jasmine has nothing to do with that. He's literally using her as a tool to try and get to more more legitimacy as a a Sultan. But he has all the legitimacy he could possibly want. The only thing he has to worry about is Jasmine marrying. So just like offer or something. But like at the moment, he has the power that he wants because he can just wave that scepter in front of the Sultan. By the way, and the Sultan I, will do I whatever like he wants. Jafar. I disagree with you in, in, uh, in that uh, Jafar is a great uh, Disney villain for me. I disagree with Graham... Um, in, in no in 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 saying that uh, Gaston um, isn't great because nobody Stop. fights like Gaston. <laughs> no one no fights like, like Gaston. No one spits like Gaston. Yeah. Yeah. He's especially good at expectorating. Yeah, he's one of the lower. Five hundred points for Gaston. He's the low. He's one of the lower tier Disney villains for me. I I like I appreciate why why you why you say that, but yeah. because you're wrong. <laughs> Um, I just like to, it's, it's okay you can not you say want, things you can, that are you wrong want depth in and your characters this, and that's totally fine for you this too can, this can this can just uh, fall in the column of things that you say that are incorrect uh-huh. oh, uh, 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 like that this you. is science uh, <laughs> Star Wars makes sense uh, let's break it up break it up people break it up um, but let me know, add him let me add him no but th- that's that, that is my, my issue with Jafar and it kind of gets at my other issues with the film where the characters it's, don't seem well rounded or well developed or well nuanced particularly in context of the films the around them what, yeah, the pacing is part of it as well, and even things like. But it's even things like the storytelling. So the film focuses, and again, it's it's like I guess it's a matter of apples and oranges. It's what you want from a Disney film. The animation is probably better than The Lion King or better than Beauty and the Beast. Like but the story and the characters and don't crackers. <laughs> Bonnie want a cracker? <laughs> some things you don't want. Yeah, some things you don't want. But that's fair. But I mean, I think that that's it. Is that like. Jeff Aladdin doesn't seem particularly well-rounded when you look at the protagonists and the films around him. He doesn't seem as well nuanced as Simba or as like sophisticated as Belle or even as the Beast, whether the Beast yeah, is the villain or not. But even like Jafar Sim- doesn't. Simba has a sort of a a a journey where where going from a very unlikable yes um to a uh, child to to a he sort of an, an aloof Simba. Yeah, well, we talked about this. to I didn't think to so. to an aloof kind of a teenager who's perhaps more likable to to. To a mature adult who adult accepts responsibility. Who, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it feels like the film sort of misses those beats and it feels odd in the context of those two films. But let's talk about Jasmine very, very briefly. Because Jasmine is uh, 
an interesting character. Apparently she was the one of the net beneficiaries of the rewrite, rewrite that happened after um, Black Friday, where they took the character, to, the two writers who were responsible for Pirates of the Caribbean, um, Curse of the Black Pearl. They were brought in and they rewrote the script from scratch. The 250s. But, uh, the 250s occasional um, Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Curse of the Black Pearl. They were brought in, they rewrote the script pretty much from scratch and they decided to flesh out uh, Jasmine a great deal. Good. And it's interesting because even though Jasmine is relatively well flashed, fleshed out, and I mean, it's interesting. We had we were talking with Marianne. I'd say, <laughs> sorry. Oh my god, um, she's sixteen, man. Is she Jasmine? 16? I think she is. She's supposed to be like sixteen. Oh, <laughs> never mind then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I did. Yeah, I think Jasmine may have been one of my first crushes. Actually, that's fair. Um, which is odd because I mean it, you know you would have assumed Belle or, or somebody like that probably not you'd be gone for the bookworms <laughs> is that it <laughs> but <Did> no <laughs> yeah no now that was kind of out for a to reason to be fair I know people that are like into Robin Hood from you know, the oh the, the Fox one the Fox one, one yeah I know I know girls that are into Robin Hood um, but the you know I know people who quite like the Beast and think the Beast became less sexy after yeah. the uh... <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, I'm gonna throw her under the bus Breed, agree, Breed says that she thinks that the beast was far more attractive when he was the beast and that he's ugly as sin when he's uh, when he's human. Yeah, I know people who held that opinion as well about yeah. the beast. Um, I'm not going to name them, but oh, uh, yeah. I do appreciate it. It's that. all right. She, I'll make sure she doesn't listen to this episode. Um, but yeah, so Jasmine though, like Jasmine is theoretically... Whoa. She doesn't listen to podcasts unless I suggest them. That's how. She doesn't listen to podcasts. This is great, Graham. What? <laughs> She doesn't, she doesn't listen to podcasts. Other people will 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 still hear this. That's grand. They won't tell her. And <laughs> will they, Andrew? Will they hear this? I don't know. I, I feel like Darren has to cut, cut a significant part. <laughs> Some of this stuff. All, all that we leave in is pure gold. Um, but the issue is that say Jasmine, right? To, to... Everyone get on Team Andrew. <laughs> 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 It's like you had the audience, Graham. You had them. Anyway. Um. It's a good thing that people don't have to be on either team. Yeah. <laughs> How old is Jasmine again? Um. Sorry. <laughs> but anyway, so my, my point is, though, getting back to the point, is that, like, yes, yeah, so Jasmine was possibly my first cartoon crush, um, which is, you know, something that was an important moment in my development. But she's also uh, relatively well-developed. I think that when we had Marianne on talking about some of the... No, she's... Sorry. She's 16. Sorry. <laughs> go, go, go on. Sorry. Continue. What are you doing? Okay. Uh, but when we had Marianne on talking, I think, about Studio Ghibli, she was talking about, like, the phases of Disney feminism and stuff like that. Yeah. And she mm. had a very good point about, like, Jasmine being kind of the second phase, along with Belle. And, and sort of Ariel? Like, and Ariel and stuff like that, where it's like, you know, you want... It's a princess, but she's not only a princess. Yeah. Mm. She's an actual person. I mean, here you have Jasmine literally saying, I'm not a prize for some prince to win, for example. Um, but she can pole vault with her sort of bow like, like the best <laughs> of them, yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, you have then, obviously, that idea isn't necessarily fully formed because you haven't yet hit, say, Mulan, for example. She doesn't really get an I Want song. That's it, exactly. Yeah. That's actually one of the things that the anime, that the live action adaptation adds. Live action adaptation don't also. Like it. Did you know that? Also, also, I didn't know that people didn't like the live action adaptation. No, no, really the, no, no. Because you, no, I mean, you were going to talk about the live action, so, the, about Jasmine gets her own song. 
they don't they don't people apparently didn't like that song I yeah liked it, it. it doesn't really click like i think the live I action it. adaptation and again to say something nice about the live action adaptation it gives jafar a backstory and a motivation terrible and a backstory okay it gives him one that makes sense in the context of the film and its thematic dynamics it explains that he is just as class conscious as aladdin mm. he's and again gives you that contrast between him and aladdin where he's willing to do these horrible yeah, he's things the dark mirror of aladdin. yeah he's willing to do these things Does that it not make sense to kind of just put him as a kind of a political kind of striver he is kind of that. The that, film kind what, of alludes to that he... Yeah. Did, sorry, in, not alludes to. the animated to, version, the, the, the I feel film. like his, his, his motivation makes sense. Yeah. The live action one has him perform... Scene, there are scenes where he's literally performing political duties... Uh, on behalf of the Sultan that the Sultan hasn't given him well, no, the no, but he, to. He has this big speech. To, he talks to Aladdin about he, how he himself came from The poverty. same kind of thing. Came yeah. from poverty and elevated himself and stuff like I that. I don't think he needs to come from poverty, though. No, like, but like he, 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 he works perfectly mirror. well as a sort of a Francis Urquhart. No, but I think the point was for this. Character. But he doesn't have that. Or Frank in Underwood for our, think for our American uh, Yeah. But he doesn't... I don't think that he has that in the animated version. I don't think he has that kind of quality to him. I don't think... And again, you point this out. I get immediately that he is this kind of um, trusted but kind of sinister advisor. Yeah. Okay. And I, like, who, he, like who has these kind of um, 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 ambitions, mm. um, but is very kind of very capable. And and his eyes are bigger than his belly because he's continually striving for more power. He's clearly come from... I feel from like the... he, w- he would probably have everything that he, he wanted, maybe if it weren't for... Um, uh, Aladdin and uh, kind of and Jasmine, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. They, 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 I, 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 I feel like he, he um, would have kind of been capable of of maybe having the like if it were the case that um, Jasmine were forced into some sort of a marriage with a with a with a prince lost for words who wasn't Aladdin. I like that in a wife. That was yeah, bad. but 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 that that would probably be just the thing to kind of crush her her spirit. Yeah. Mm. Um, and and did and 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 that um, like if she was going to be willful, she would probably be willful against her her um, her unwanted husband, yeah. and and that uh, Jafar would would be able to 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 manipulate take control, that yeah, yeah take control of the kingdom that course yeah. Um, but anyway, back to back to Jasmine and back to the live action film. The live action film does actually give her an I want song, as well. and it's a great song. I I, I, I like. I mean, it. I think it stands out. I think it, it stands out as not belonging because famously singing is that because isn't it, like, great. What? No, Disney singing like they, that sort of kind of style of um, um, of of singing that's very what? kind of uh, polished. Her and... song is weird in the fact that it literally stops the film. Like it literally stops the film. That's the part that I don't... Well, that that's the issue with it, is that, like, again, when you're making these live-action adaptations, you're adding 40 minutes onto a film that is, you know, an hour and 20 yeah. minutes or 90 minutes long, yeah. but it's been perfectly calibrated and has all the fat trimmed out. So you're trying to add stuff back in. It always feels like... you Stretch. know when, But you know when you're writing an essay and you want to make a point to do that little up arrow and you write a whole paragraph up there, it always feels like that yeah. when you're watching those sort of movies, where it feels like somebody's just trying to slot in more than will fit in the space that's allotted to it. But, I mean, the issue with... And the issue with Jasmine is that her mother wasn't nearly so picky. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> her mother's mentioned. Her yeah. mother, her mother's mentioned more in the live action. Apparently, she died of yeah. uh, some assassination. Well, this is the backstory that you don't necessarily really need. No. Yeah, I mean, I, I again, I'm arguing for more stuff for Jafar, more motivation, but you don't you need backstory like that. You don't need like backstory like Belle's stuff with her mother in the Beauty and the Beast remake, for example, that just sort of pads it out and exists to fill out the runtime. But I mean, 
Yeah, Jasmine is is interesting because she's wrong daughter died. <laughs> oh my god. Um but she's like she's this very early 90s idea of kind of girl powerness where it's like yeah. imagine a world where a woman doesn't want to be married against her will. Go get him, Jasmine. I feel really where, I where feel a woman really can listen to whatever podcast she wants. Yeah, uh, that sort of thing. But there there is there's this whole sort of like thing where it's like Jasmine is feminist because she refuses to be married to a man she doesn't choose for herself. And it's, it feels like a... She doesn't seem as worthy. No, but it feels like the film is kind of weirdly patting itself on its back for that, if that well, makes sense. Like, to... We, I don't there? I don't know how critical we can be of okay. the, the, the kind of verdant kind of... Yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, verdant is the wrong word. Um, of the... These these things kind of come in steps. Nineties yeah. feels like a, a very recent thing for us, and didn't they know exactly what we know now, <laughs> or or have the same? But it, but it's actually quite a it's quite a while ago. Yeah. Mm. And 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 some I, I think I think a lot of the the the, the way years. we think about things as even in the last ten years has come on miles. Yeah. I mean, like I'm not. I'm not talking about like morally. I'm talking more again aesthetically, where it seems like it's just been sort of like sketched in. I mean, I would argue Belle, and and I know Belle is the protagonist of Beauty and the Beast, and Jasmine is the secondary protagonist of Aladdin. But it still feels like Belle gets more of an arc or more of a story to pick an example than Jasmine does. You know? Oh, she definitely Um, does. She, even though Jasmine gets a similar amount of space in the narrative. If you go by the simple fact is her film is called Beauty and the Beast. She is the beauty. Yeah. The film that Jasmine is in is called Aladdin, not Aladdin and Jasmine. So I suppose they're putting on front. They're putting it kind of on front street. She is the secondary character. You're really here for Aladdin. You're here for his journey. Like even the opening, even the opening monologue. It's about a boy. It's about um, this lamp that changed a young man's life. You know, in the new version, they change the wording. It changes the fate of a kingdom. Uh, this about the lamp. Uh, right, which is which is interesting because oh, it's that weird sense of like everything has to have apocalyptic every, yeah. scale now. Yeah, yeah. So Rrr. it was it was it was, <laughs> it, it was <laughs> Hans Zimmer like Inception also, there's, a, there's an interesting thing in the live action remake that I quite liked, and it was Aladdin. Sorry, Jasmine is giving a speaking uh, a speaking kind of thing to talk to uh, in the in the form of she gets a handmaiden. It's not just Raja that's with her. She has a handmaiden played by Nassim Padrad from SNL. Yeah. Who ends up being the love interest to of the, the genie. genie. Because again, you need to add 40 minutes that's of the 40 minutes. That's thing. basically kind of what the 40 minutes are. It's is that genie gets a love interest. And to be fair, when they're together and they're just given what they're given, it's actually pretty good because it, 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 they, add, they change some of the lore. Like if genie gets freed in the new version, he won't be just free. He'll be human. So there's an added kind of caveat to does Will his Smith do impressions? No, and no. Like no, he does Don not. Pardo, and nope. Like, Nassim Padron. <laughs> no, <laughs> they're amazing. They cut down on they there's cut, none. They cut down on the pop there's culture none. stuff because they play to they play to Will Smith's strengths. Do they as cut out to all of the Jack Nicholson impressions? Every, well, that, that all stuff everything came, is gone. That came from Robin Williams just yeah. ad living where they talk about like you know Oh the, really? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I know, I know, try to hide your surprise there, Andrew. Which makes um, you wonder like how much is left of the genie that was Disney's idea? 
Well, I, I mean, love the Macy's Day Parade stuff. Oh, where he's doing the announcer. Yes, and the announcer. Oh, that, the style of the Prince that Ali. was hilarious. Oh. Look, at the, look at the feathers. I love them. Yeah. Now, and again, like, it, it's amazing. And again, just the quality of Williams as an improviser mm. and sort of the joy of letting him loose. Because again, that's the thing with animation, where animation is typically so scripted ahead of time. And obviously, because of the way that animation mm. works, but you, you want to go back script. to it. But, but that's, well, not even that. The fact that they record ahead of time mm. and they're able to animate specifically to accommodate mm. Williams, which means that the character can be elastic in a very yeah. real and tangible sense in a way the human body can't like that's why um, like juggling just, his head you know and that and, was amazing yeah even even the sequence is like you never had a friend like me which and again credit to will smith and credit to guy Ritchie, it's not the worst thing it's not as bad as it no, could be in live action it's quite good but when you watch it in animation it just pops everything works myself and andrew were in stitches yeah watching i would say it. what's like, worse <laughs> Life is your restaurant, and I'm your maitre d. <laughs> what I would say is worse, Darren, is the the worse um, kind of translation from 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 animation to to live action is the Prince Ali song. When the Prince Ali song comes into like there's it's big, it's bombastic. There's there's fourth wall breaking jokes in the original that are just brilliant. Like the genie is literally injecting himself Hours. into. <laughs> we didn't get that when we were kids. It's just it's amazing. Like he transforms into <laughs> so many hours in this movie. He's like he's talking. Well, yeah, that's oh, the oh, they Andrew, are dropped. They are dropped. In Andrew the new was version. very very excited when the genie was like, "I can give you anything." anything. And, and four beautiful women appear and start giving what looks like a lap dance. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they're yeah, dropped. Yeah, they're yeah. they're dropped in the remake. Uh, they're not in it, uh, and he even changes the lyrics well, so that it doesn't. They didn't reduce the 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 amount. They just got rid of all of them. They got rid of a lot and of not, not even a twenty five percent cut. But then you go to the like you know in the original animation, uh, Genie is injecting himself into the into the audience like yeah. he's you know he's turning into he's turning into weird little animal kind yeah, of hybrid and kids and kids. old man and stuff. But what's he do? He's not doing any of that. In the live action one, it feels almost like a. Well, he does. He plays. He does dress up in drag. You do get. Will That's Smith one drag. scene. Oh, that is literally one scene. Okay, okay. okay. He, like he doesn't do. He doesn't break the fourth wall. All he seems to do is just kind of like. It's almost like Miami. It's almost like he's doing like kind of uh, you know his his song uh, Welcome to Miami, except it's to Welcome to Agrabah. Oh, by the way, um, I kind of love this. Uh, at the first screening that they had for Disney executives, mm. um, one who was rumored to be Michael Eisner apparently walked up to the animators and said, "I really, really liked it, um, but I'm not sure that uh, we should be making fun of the homeless." Uh, apparently he had misheard Robin Williams' ad lib line wake up and smell the hummus as wake up and yeah. smell the homeless yeah. yeah that would make more sense no, they do have hummus. they do have coffee in the Middle East <laughs> apparently <laughs> um, yeah it's not just kind of uh, hummus and baklava and, <laughs> and things that yeah very stereotypically associated <laughs> with the region yeah yeah, better coffee. I love, by the way, that his uh, his whole new world, he takes her on a trip to China overnight. He goes to Egypt. <laughs> and Greece. And, and Greece, apparently. And Greece. <laughs> That's quite a, quite a magic carpet ride. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's like, and here's Mulan, and here's Hercules. And they go to Delhi. And here's what the Prince we... of Egypt. Oh, wait, no, 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 that's DreamWorks. <laughs> that's what we're working on later in the year. <laughs> Kratzenberg is working on that one. Uh, uh, yeah, it's just like, but they don't do that in the live action one. They only go a little bit away because they realized... It's like, there's no way that magic carpet could make it all the way to Egypt That's what and they Greece. Well, this is yeah. the verisimilitude, and it's the yeah. idea that, like, flattening it's it bring, down. Yeah. When you make a live-action version of a cartoon, for some reason, people think the threshold is 
gone. Less, yeah, it's lower. And yeah. so everything has to be more within the realms of acceptable yeah. reality, which... You should actually have to show um, how to get the, the monkey's uh, anus. Pulling the, uh, pulling the, the lamp out of its, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People don't just accept that the way they do it. They have to make it a bigger monkey. (laughs) In order to explain that, just the physics. They had a whole team working on this around the clock. Mm. All right, so is there anything else you want to talk about? Anything we haven't discussed already with regards to Aladdin? The music is great, I think. The music is, and we we know the sad story about uh, Howard Ashman, right? Yeah. Howard Ashman, um, who worked on the lyrics to this, he's credited uh, with Al Menken and Tim Rice. He passed away from AIDS. Um, oh. But apparently he was composing... Worked on Beauty and the Beast He did well. indeed, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Um, and he was apparently working on it from his hospital bed. And they'd actually say that they would go and they would visit him in hospital in his last, or his last few weeks and months. And he'd actually be humming and singing the music along in order to illustrate how he wanted it orchestrated as well, which is very, very sweet. I suppose um, that's a sense of uh, immortality to it. He'll live on forever in that music. Well, that's it. Well, I mean, again, as I, as I mentioned, himself, he was one of the guys who pitched the original idea of doing Aladdin to the studio, to Disney. Now, he wanted something more classic and traditional. They didn't use all of his song ideas for it, uh, but it's kind of, it's, it's fitting that, like, that was one of the last one they worked on was something that originated as an idea yeah, that he nice. himself wrote, which is very, very sweet. And yeah, the music is the music great. I don't. Again, I feel like I'm being mean here. Where I'm like, it's sandwiched. It's sandwiched between Beauty and the Beast and The Lion King, which are two of the best scores in the Disney canon. I would argue, and it's like I adore Friend Like Me. I think Whole New World is you know it's okay. It's solid. Um, it's the R and B version at the end. Oh God, which is one of those things. To that be we fair, expect. again, it's not. It's not. It's not. Actually, bring it back. The version that they did for the live action one with Zayn and uh, oh, I can't remember her name uh, for the live action version of that. Yeah. Because you know, there's always the there's the, the cast you know, single. Basically. There's the cast sings it, and then there's the 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 artists sing it. And Zayn from uh, One Direction is is the is the male lead who sings it for the uh, artists song, and he sings it with. It's Xavier uh, Ward is her name. Yeah, that yeah. The two of them sing it instead of like you know the two that we got in the animated version. Well, I mean, the, the animated version is very early 90s. It's very mm. R&B. Like, it again, is. it's very similar to Tale as Old as Time, which has a similar sort of, like... Again, it wasn't quite as pronounced R&B, but it had that, like, Celine Dion version, and... Uh, we haven't really talked about One Jump Ahead. It's, it at feel, the start, it feel, yeah. yeah. it feels like kind of one of one of the more sort of, like... Um, um, like, not as memorable as A Whole New World, but but maybe one of these songs that kind of musical theatre... People who like musical theatre... Would appreciate tend to, tend to go I mean, back to very, that. It is very a, kinetic and it's very energetic. Like, it's great. It's a great first song to jump into. Yeah. And mm. it has this sort of real rhythm to it. And it has this, again, this thing that you can do in animation where you can be overly literal. Where yeah. it's like one step ahead of the flock while having him bounce literally atop um, these, sheep. Bunch of, these bunch of sheep. Yeah. Literalizing the kind of lyric that you've just heard, which is something you can't do in live action. The live action version has him singing about being one step ahead of the flock while wandering down a dark alley. And it's nowhere That's because it doesn't look as good. No, well, you can't have an act, a live action actor bouncing on sheep. You could have done that with CG. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. If they're going to do Lion King... With like a whole release of animals. They could have done a flock of sheep. Um, Look at the sheep. Look at the profound stupidity (laughs) in its eyes. Werner Herzog? When did you get here? Uh, But yeah, so I mean, and again, it is, it is, I think you're right when you're talking about it being... It's a primitive (laughs) dinosaur. Um, Sorry. Anyway. Um, But... um, The most brutal... (laughs) 
<laughs> but uh, my, my point is, though, that it, it is, a, it's, I think Andrew's right, it is a musical thing. It's a showcase. It's a showcase song. And it works very well. It's very catchy. Mm. And it shows the animation off very well. It, it does indeed. And the animation is astounding. I don't think we've hammered on how beautiful this looks. That climactic scene, the battle with Jafar, like, again, and as much as I think I'm not entirely impressed with Jafar as a character, the animation, particularly at the climax where he's morphing and changing yeah. and where he's becoming this giant snake and he's trapping people in glass and stuff. It's and then he becomes the genie. It's absolutely beautiful. It's absolutely yeah. striking. And it's like some of the best animation I think I've ever seen. And that's like to today, you know, 17 years later, I don't think I've seen animation that looks that good and that crisp. And when I, I feel sorry... Sorry, 27 years later. Apologies. <laughs> that's that's, how sorry that's, that's even how I much longer old. it is. I feel old. The person who you discovers the Jafar genie and instead of getting like really um, good kind of um, uh, Robin Williams uh, stand-up get, <laughs> gets just like really terrible puns. <laughs> it's like, hey, oh. hey kid. Um, um, looks, looks like... Um, you're going to desert me. Does that make sense? Is that funny? <laughs> like Am I amusing? <laughs> Just maybe, maybe, maybe Robin Williams is the only actor we should allow to add. Phenomenal it. cosmic yeah. powers. Uh, I do love that. Yeah, that when it gets to the genie, gets to be all like inventive and like demented and sort of like live action and sort of animation blended. And Jafar is just like puns, but lightning from my fingers. Yeah, but he's I've a sorcerer. been here for yeah, thousands of years. Do you understand? <laughs> oh! I will say he was a You're sorcerer at the point he was doing the puns. Aggravated. He would uh. leave the. Um, he would say, "Sorry, I, I went in there, but you don't want that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I will, like th- that is another thing that I suppose they lost with the live action. We didn't get a snake. He turns. He t- in in the live action. He turns Iago into a giant kind of like phoenix kind of type of thing, and he, and Iago's chasing. Aladdin across uh, the carpet. Yeah. Uh, By the way, the, the chase sequence with the carpet's also great as well. Oh, There's a yeah. lot of CGI in there in the Cave of Wonders. But it, looks stuff, so, but it still looks grand. Carpet yeah. never gets his wish of becoming a young boy again. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm worried about is carpet was like a third wheel for that date. But they, they, well, they might, yeah, part of me wonder, did they do anything on top of carpet? No, lights? no, did, don't say that. They, no, that's we leave that kind of thought process to the Transformers the way, films. This, yeah, this what carpet. It's, Just, about, yeah. it's all about the uh, it's yeah. the voyeur. Well, I mean, it's it's practically a participant, to be fair. Oh God. Um, but yeah, that's that's. I mean, I'm... like it, it, like they got their first but... kiss because you know Carpet was like, yeah, I've been watching. Here you go. Hey, that sound looks pretty. Uh, that sounds pretty gritty, and it gets everywhere. You guys want to come lie down on me? Oh no. Um, Carpet's it's nasty. Course. Yeah. Carpet's got tassels. Carpet. <laughs> Carpet is um, carpet again. The animation of Carpet's amazing. Yeah. It's it, again. It's a it's a character without a face, but it's so expressive. Yeah, um, it's um, it's really all wonderful. All hand drawn. Yeah, astounding. Like wonderful stuff from a technical point of view. Mm. All right, so Sh- I, shame about the sequels. I haven't seen the sequels. I saw both sequels and I watched the TV show. Dan Castellana is in the second one and in the TV show, uh, and then Genie, uh, sorry, Genie is then voiced by Robin Williams returns uh, for the King of King of Thieves, which is the film where we see the, the King of Thieves film is about how we meet Aladdin's father, who is the King of Thieves uh, of the Forty Thieves. And what's really interesting about that is people came up with a theory of, oh, so when Genie, when um, Aladdin made the wish of to become a prince, became Prince Ali Genie, Baba. Genie made it that his dad was the King of Thieves. Yeah. 
So it's uh, it's well it's well done. The animation is nowhere near as good in the second or the third one. Well, they're or directing the video. Shows. Yeah. Yeah. Jason Alexander is actually the bad guy, the secondary bad guy in Return of Jafar. He's the guy that finds um he's the guy that finds uh the lamp. The lamp with, who with finds Jafar yeah, Jafar's lamp. And then Iago turns good. Uh but it's still good about Godfrey. So Iago is like kind of like their new ally for like the rest of the series and the movies. He's like a good guy. That's yeah, very nice. Hey kids! Uh, sorry, anyway. Um <laughs> I don't know anywhere to go with that. But I think that about wraps it up anyway. Um, so thank you very much for joining us, Greg. No problem. What we normally do at the end is we ask listeners to recommend. So we ask, uh, not listeners, we ask <laughs> guests. That'd be weird. Well, if listeners want to recommend, they can send us in our suggestions on Twitter. Send, recommend a new film. But uh, we ask guests to yeah. recommend something for listeners. So if you have something you've been enjoying at the moment, I mean, you know, at this stage, it's late December, early January, so it can be something New Year related, it can be something animation related, like the film that we've discussed. Mm. It can be really anything that's kind of caught your interest. Well, if anyone um, is watching anime and is a fan of anime, I am currently watching uh, Demon Slayer, which is just this absolutely slick anime from, um, I, I don't know what studio, but I think they're a shonen, shonen anime. And basically it's on Crunchyroll. And it is absolutely brilliant. It's about this young uh, boy named Tanjiro. His whole family is killed by a demon. And his younger sister is turned into a demon. And so he's traveling the world um, trying to cure her of her demonic uh, form now. Uh, while, while at the same time trying to slay demons and find the source of the demon curse. And it's, it's beautiful. It's like it's on... Um, I can't remember what episode it's on now. But it's just... It's, it's so well animated. Well, it's a, gorgeous. This is January. I know, I, I know. So I don't actually know. <laughs> um, it's it's a beautiful anime. I highly recommend it. Um, I suppose I've just I've been watching tons of stuff at this point. Then, if it's January, then I suppose My Hero Academia is back. So anyone who knows anime as well will know My Hero Academia is huge. Food Wars is another show that's come back. Uh, it's absolutely brilliant. It's kind of like Master Chef. If if when they gave each other food and they liked it, their clothes exploded and you and it's mild nudity. Uh, that's how they. That's how they explain like how food is shown. Like, yeah, if you have a great chef and they feed you something and you love it, they like it goes. It, it's almost pornographic, but it's it's so well animated. And it's such a funny anime, and it's I, I highly recommend it. I've got like three shows. Like, I'm watching porn. so much anime right now. And Andrew, yeah, if we're recommending people in January 2020, who do we think will? <laughs> won't be um sorry i was going to say cancelled but that's really hacky to talk as if there's kind of a a, a big um epidemic yeah that's not really the case at no. all no and anyway sorry the, what i was going to say was um uh speaking of animated movies um set uh in the middle east uh persepolis uh persepolis is a movie that i would say um, could belong um, on, on the 250, on, on the was, 250 and, and, and would be more likely to be on mine I, I think um, I think it was a it was a five star uh, movie and in, in the Irish Times when it came out um, and and I suppose they don't give away that many of them do they no they're, they tend to be quite sort of stringent um, I mean the one that comes to mind is Star Trek Into Darkness uh, but yeah no this was briefly on the list in that was a five February star. and March uh, 2008 uh, so Persepolis, uh, Persepolis was on the list, which is and it's a it's just an incredible movie. It's uh, it's it's beautiful, um, and anyone who um, who hasn't seen it should check it out. 
Uh, two recommendations for me very quickly. So the first one is I recently reread Neil Gaiman's Sandman, oh. uh, which is fantastic. A series mm. from the late 80s, early 90s. It was one of the series that got me into comic books and it kind of got me thinking when I was watching this animation here and thinking about like when I was a kid and when I was getting into that stuff. I reread it a couple of years ago. It is, I reread it last year. It's amazing. Um, it's did you really start back from like volume one? I did from way back when. Good heavens. Um, and the issue is actually why I thought about it when I thought about Aladdin is that uh, one of the issues that he wrote was Ramadan, uh, which I believe won uh, various awards um and it's basically it's another example of american you know cartoonery basically um trying to deal with the legacy of the gulf war and trying to sort of like illustrating this idea of the middle east as it exists with the reality you know here you have baghdad renamed agrabah in order to make sense of like what was yeah. happening there but in in ramadan you have this idea of baghdad existing as a dream in a bottle uh, because of the the horrors that have been inflicted on it and the way in which the city has been leveled and destroyed and invaded countless times. It's an absolutely beautiful piece of work and I hardly recommend it. And again, it, it kind of reminds me a lot of Aladdin because it taps into many of the same themes as well. It's the same sort of idea of stories and the stories we tell and stuff like that. Um, and then the other recommendation that I have, and again, it's Aladdin related and Graham will probably know this one uh, as soon as I start to talk about it. The animator Richard Williams passed away um, late last year. So I think about I, August. I have his, um, I have his book. Um, he's famous, most famous for his work with, say, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, he, yeah, he was the key that. animator. He was indeed, uh, for blending live action animation, stuff like that. So that's never been topped, I think. He had a project that he was working on throughout the 80s into the 90s yeah. called The Thief and the Cobbler. I've seen, I've seen bits of that. And the thing about The Thief and the Cobbler is that it was a passion project for him that he worked on between paying gigs, him himself and his studio. And it has a whole storied history but the issue is that it eventually only made it to theatrical release after Aladdin had been released under the title Arabian Nights. It had had its budget cut, it had been edited significantly, and a lot of the work had been outsourced on the film. So it was not a representation of what Williams wanted to do with I it. I think about a, and, a third of it is good, a third of it is his work. Yeah, and it was dismissed at the time by critics who saw it as a subpar money Aladdin. grab based on Aladdin, even though it predated that idea as well. But if you are interested in animation the work print version of the film mm. has been made available online through kind of really careful and immaculate restoration by like animated enthusiasts who have structured together. We'll put the YouTube link in the show notes, but you can watch the film as Williams imagined it from beginning to end with, uh, you know, animated sort of sequences and storyboards, yeah. it's weird soundtracks. Looking... It, it It's an interesting document in terms mm. of like an example of where animation comes from and looking at how animation is put together and I would wholeheartedly uh, recommend that if listeners like the Latin and want to try something sort of similar in that vein. Uh, I think the theatrical version, actually, the one that was released... Uh, Arabian Nights, I think yeah. it's called, yeah. Had Matthew Broderick playing the yes, lead? Yes, it did. Matthew Broderick How was in there. How weird is that? Well. Yeah. Um, well, Simba. Soon to be yeah. Simba. I mean, I, I saw bits of it, and it's it's a fascinating animated film. It's fascinating to look at. It's fascinating just to, to understand. It's it's. I suppose it's it's good in the sense that if you, the more you know about the what went into the production it's even more interesting to watch because it is, in my, in my opinion, there's there, there's a lot of stuff to enjoy about the film, even though it's not completed in any way or fashion. And not sort of what Williams had sort of originally no. hoped for it to be. Um, but yes, yeah, so basically that would be what I'd recommend. If listeners are looking for a bit more Graham in their lives, where can mm-hmm. they find you online? Uh, I'm on Game Air. Uh, that's my video game website. Uh, we're currently getting prepped for Euro Games Week. Uh, we've got some articles that came out about uh, Gamescom. We were there uh, in Cologne um, earlier. Oh, nice. In, yeah, in mid-August. Uh, one of the guys Last who was year. there. Mid-August actually, 2019. No, no, this year. 
2019. 2019s. Yeah. Oh yeah, last, last year. year's. Excuse me, last year's in August. Um, one of my friends actually who writes for the site actually got to meet Hideo Kojima the man behind the Metal Gear Solid franchise yeah. who has now made his new video game um, uh, Death Stranding with Norman Reedus Guillermo del Toro oh this is the one there uh, has Maz Mikkelsen Maz Mikkelsen well, yeah. yes and my friend got to meet got to meet him uh, and Hideo, said Kojima. It was Hideo Kojima Hideo Kojima was there for Death Stranding showing off some new stuff uh, so we've got a, couple, a bunch of articles on that um, uh, we've also got the European Games Week yeah. oh yeah and it's it's just such a great game. I don't know, like, just just brilliant. And then I've got all my reviews on Scanon, um, reviews at Movies.ie. Uh, I've got my interviews, and um, yeah, that's it. I'm at Graham Geek Era on Twitter, and you can find Game Era on Facebook along with um, Movies.ie, which have my interviews. Right. And Andrew, where can we find you online? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You can follow me at Darren underscore money. You can follow the podcast at at the 250. Yeah, do follow, follow follow the podcast and kind of rate and review us on iTunes. You can do the same really on um, on uh, Stitcher, I think. Yeah, yeah. Any, anywhere really. the browser, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, again, we've had a really, really good year this year, to be absolutely honest. We're kind of, again, surprised that anybody listens to us. <laughs> so, no, thank you very, very much. Uh, we'll be back next year, possibly, or later this year, uh, with the wonderful Andy will be joining us again to discuss Left Behind, the Nicolas Cage movie. Brilliant. Are, 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 are we, are we, <laughs> we can edit that kind of if, if Left Behind comes out first. Beforehand, yes. Yeah, if you ever ask me to do a recording and I say, don't we have Left Behind? Don't we just put that in? Why is it necessary to, to do this specific thing for Black Friday? <laughs> All right, take it easy, guys. We'll be back next week. Bye. 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 Thanks, Graham.